Attention, this is a matter of national security. After a meteorite crashed into the New Jersey Turnpike, the following digital audio transmission from the You Watch I Listen podcast was intercepted by NASA scientists in the year 2019. The You Watch I Listen podcast is about to start. Sit down, listen close, and try not to die. The You Watch I Listen podcast starts now. Home Depot uh, in Kansas had to be evacuated for a bomb threat. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, take it out, take it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, suck it nice and slow. <laughs> Couple other really funny news stories. Kenny G. Who the fuck is Kenny G? The fucking clarinet player. Oh, suck it nice. <laughs> what did he do wrong? He's being Charles Manson all weird. In the middle of it, he cuts her off and goes, Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, take it out, take it Dude, out. Dude, now I see why people followed Charles Manson. He was very straightforward. Yeah, he had the right idea. It's time for the You Watch I Listen podcast, and always remember, don't sniff it, just do it. Hey. Hello. Hey. You know what today is? Um, It is episode 48. 48. We're two away from our milestone 50, which we're going to have some cool stuff going on. We're going to bring back. (laughs) Fucking do it! (laughs) I feel like Shia LaBeouf in that famous motivational video. We're going to do some cool stuff for episode 50. Are We're going to we? coordinate with the uh, the original uh, Watcher. Uh, Ralph will be a part of it. No one cares. Um, maybe we even get a nice day. We could do it outside, which I would mean, be kind of cool. I guess, dude. Um, so why don't we get these reads out of the way? And uh, Josh, who goes first, Taylor or myself for the live read? Uh, Taylor, you go first. All right, cool. So from our boys over at the Hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. If you like to relax, crack yourself a beer, use some medical marijuana, or violently abuse hard liquor, you are missing out on your new favorite podcast. From drunken stories to video games. I almost did drunken video games again. (laughs) Drunken video. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean. I tried playing MLB The Show drunk recently. That's a bad idea. (laughs) Struck out 15 times. (laughs) (laughs) Still shut up. (laughs) From drunken stories to video games to sports, Fudge and Finn are going to blow your fucking mind hole with the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Chances are you may have fast-forwarded through our recent ads uh, on other podcasts and streams you enjoy, but we aren't going anywhere. May as well head to iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher to immediately subscribe and join in on the drunken fun. Oh, God damn it. We promise that if you are listening to us while drinking, it is not considered drinking alone. Visit ShotsForLikesPodcast.com to choose your favorite listening platform and follow them on all forms of social media. Drink with us and don't be cunts. Do you, do and you hear that last part, Josh? Don't be a cunt. Yeah. Um, what the and fuck did I do? <laughs> no, do you, I mean, you, <laughs> you, you were, Dude, you, wait, you were cunts. Wait, wait, before, <laughs> after the whole, fuck you, Matt Ryan, I almost bought a shirt that said Atlanta 28 and New England 3. <laughs> yeah, fuck you. <laughs> um, now, uh, Shots for Likes did 
did uh, give us a new live read because they're they're actually going live now, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I got a notification at one in the morning from Twitch that they yeah. went live. There's a bunch of things I want to do at one o'clock in the morning. And not one of them, them is not listening to. I, I like I want to well, not listen to them at one. I in remember the morning. when no, uh, what, <laughs> when Fudge started doing the live streams, he was playing Fallout Four, and I just like I feel bad telling him like. Fallout 4 stinks, dude. <laughs> um, okay, so we have another live read from our buddies at Lobo Sound. Taylor, you know, I'm thinking about advertising. Who should I call? I think you should call Lobo Sound. I, I also need a website. You should definitely call Lobo Sound. Well, that's because Lobo Sound's world-renowned commercial production and website construction in English, Spanish, and Polish made Lobo Sound a fixture in Chicago radio and digital advertising communities. But Lobo Sound is not limited to the Chicago area. Alaska, Atlanta, Toronto, Toledo, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, Montecito, we're Wherever you are, Lobo Sound has your back. Lobo Sound helps you reach your target market effectively and affordably. Reach who you want to reach, when you want, on all devices and applications. For more information, please call Lobo Sound at 630-244-9704. What's that, what's that number again? Again, that number is 630-244-9704. Cool. And you could also just visit them at www.lobosound.com. That's www.lobosound.com. And if you mention the You Watch, I Listen podcast, you will get a 10% discount. And again, lobosound.com or call them at 630-244-2704. Doesn't get much better than that, it doesn't. Dude. It's uh, They're the best. We love them. And I'd also like to state, um, before we start anything, uh, how was your week? So... Tell us about your week, Taylor. I had a crazy busy week, and it's probably the most... Uh, <laughs> a good baseball week, though. Great. Well, yeah. Cheers to that. Great the Mets are off week. to a nice start. They're in, uh, what, they're in first place? They're in first place. The best record in the National League right now. By tomorrow, it by Monday, yeah. it won't be. No, definitely not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, great. Uh, September. Great, <laughs> great week for baseball. Um, I had a very productive week. Uh, I finally, I just signed the lease yesterday for my new place. Um, now the, the fun part of me moving in starts, so i just been nothing but busy. moved into a brothel. No. That's not no, not yet. <laughs> no, no, it's not a brothel yet. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, fucking little fingers. Yeah, my, exactly. My but no, nah, um, like I said, I'm just having. I'm just trying to move into my new spot, trying to get everything settled. And uh, my landlord doesn't believe in the internet, so like he has an okay. antenna. Are you for... saying he doesn't believe in having the internet, or he thinks that it's fake? Oh, I'm sorry. I should I should have clarified. <laughs> the he the internet's in, a hoax. He doesn't believe in having it. You know, he's not like a flat earther. He's a good dude. No, flat but, like, doucher. Yeah, flat <laughs> but anyway, yeah, just trying to get in. I got. I got so much work to do after I leave here, but moving just, in places sucks. I will be honest; it's nice. This is the first time I'm on my own, so like I'm super stoked on it. And uh, I can't wait till you, I give you a scary movie, like the first night you're there by yourself. Yeah, he's gonna kick me out because I'm screaming too <laughs> loud. He's screaming. It sounds like you're beating a woman up there. <laughs> nah, I hope not. <laughs> All right, Josh, how was your week? Solid. Good. Nothing exciting. No, just, you know, plain solid. My week was pretty good. Great my, improv, Josh. My, my boss was away all week, so things are easier. That's um, good. It's much calmer. I got a new computer at work after begging for one for two years. So nice, like my, my efficiency has doubled, but I can tell you who we had a better week then. Do you want to know who we had a better week then? Who do we have a better week then, Dan? Better week than our most recent guest that was sitting here with us, uh, Richard Connolly Randazzo. <laughs> do you know why Richie had a bad week, Josh? Uh, I read a little bit about it, but why don't you? Uh, why okay, don't you so I know why. Um, as you guys know, when we had on our, our waxing episode, um, Richie was moving. He's moving to South Carolina, and he went down to check out the place that he was moving into like a month ago, and, and everything looked fine. The house is nice. Uh, I was set up by his company's realtor or whatever. So we left WrestleMania, 
and he drove straight from WrestleMania to get his moving truck, and then just drove to South Carolina after I mean, like a fourteen-hour day. Dude, like, you're like good for him. Though, yeah, seriously. he's like, I had to pull over a couple times and like sleep. I'm like, yeah, dude, you were you were drinking early, and then get you know long ass day. So he gets there, and when he's unpacking, across the street from him is this obese, like 300, 350 pound black woman with no teeth and comes over and she's like, oh, they ain't gonna like you around here. And he's (laughs) like, why? She goes, well, all white people are meth heads. And he's like, well, I don't do meth. Um, He's like, I do other, I, I, you know, I toke. And she's like, I don't like that either. (laughs) Giving him shit. And he just brushes it off. He's thinking whatever. So then he's unpacking a little bit later and then um, this African-American gentleman comes up the street and he says, boy, with skin that white, you ain't gonna last long around here. And apparently his house is like right around the corner from the straight up ghetto and they do not like white people and they're all giving him dirty looks when he's going up and down the street. So I told Taylor about this. He texts me on Thursday night at like 10 p.m. and he's like, yo, someone just rang on my doorbell and there's no cars outside. There's no people outside. I'm like, what did you do? He's like, I barricaded the door and he's like, I have a knife. So I got another update from him last night. The, the, The woman that originally told him the obese woman with no teeth. Um, this is what he says to me. He texted me and he goes, so the 50 year old lady uh, hit on me. She came over and asked what I was doing tonight. Said I said, I told her that I was busy and she said she didn't put in her nice teeth and pants to show off her ghetto booty for nothing. <laughs> and then he goes, <laughs> I was like, dude, go out with her. It's a good story. He's like, for who? I'm like me. <laughs> and he's like, she's come to my house and ring the doorbell at least three times in the last few hours. Is he, so, so is he going to move? Yes. Uh, he, he should ha- be moving into a new place, but he, it's a matter of, uh, figuring out the lease agreement, getting out of it because someone lied to him along yeah. the way. Yeah. Like he is in a danger zone. Yeah, I'm like, dude, lock everything, get a gun, like something. Yeah, seriously, like <laughs> I, mean, I was like, only just Richie, for protection only that, Richie, yeah. this would happen to. I feel bad. He dude, moved from he, was, sh- he moved bro, from shit here to just different shit. He's been so excited to leave and start his new life down I there know. in the first couple <laughs> weeks. Is like, like absolute hell for him, dude. Dude, like there is the okay. The the, the real side of me is like. Wow, dude, that sucks. But then the 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 Dan side of me is like, <laughs> only Richie. Yeah, the Dan side. Like yeah. it's it's too funny, dude. Like it, it's only funny because it wouldn't be Richie if it just went smoothly, and then the neighbors are coming over. But I told him what he should do to the 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 ghettos, the ghetto area people. Tell him that he's Mexican. Like that'll get him off, right? Yeah. You think? And I was like, I was like, maybe, maybe not. Now what's going to happen is you're going to move him to like a, a neighborhood where it's all Klansmen and white supremacists. <laughs> and like, we got a Mexican moving in. <laughs> and he's screwed either way. Dan texted me that whole thing about the car outside. He goes, no cars outside. I go, that's sketchy. I feel bad. He goes, I do too, but it's still funny. I go, not really. He goes, I'd expect them to laugh if it happened to me. I, I would. Like, yeah. I, you have to laugh at these things because it's so absurd and you can't do anything about it. So you got to find a way to make it a punchline unless you get, like, shot and killed, which hopefully that does ha- not happen. All right, all right. I said, all does right. not happen. Good, nice I, save, I, I dude. I yeah, nice save. I, that was the Dan <laughs> side saying does. The Daniel side says does not. Daniel. All right. All right, let's jump into our uh, recap from so last week. I, because I, I did uh, whatever movie I forget. Whatever I did, I went first last yes. week. I did eighth grade last week yes. first. So correct. I want to hear what you have to say about Okay, so you guys please. gave me two albums, and I'm supposed to tell you which one I liked more, correct? Devil yes. Wears Prada. You gave me, you gave me the, Taylor gave me the zombie EP. Yep. And Josh gave me the Space EP. I listened to the Zombie 
EP first, the Space EP second. What was weird on Apple Music, they didn't have the Space EP in their albums. You had to search it it's, individually because it, 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 it's not under the Devil Wears Prada artist page. It's, it was, it's, it was it's very the, strange. It's the same thing on Spotify, too. Like, it's not underneath That's, an album. So someone album. fucked up with categorizing yeah. it with Devil Wears Which Prada. Which is weird because if you add the album, it goes yeah. under the... Yeah, so it just might not have been, like, categorized in the artist page. Someone fucked up with the coding on it. You have to, like, dig through their singles in order okay. to find it. So what I'll say off the bat, my Please. first two listens of each one, I was very indifferent. I okay. didn't dislike it, but I was like, do I like this? You know one of those things where I'm like... I have to get a feel for it. Like when you get a new pair of shoes and you don't know if they're comfortable right yeah, away. Yeah, you're like, I don't know. I got to see. Yeah, So right. I will say right off the bat, on the first listen, I liked uh, the Space EP a little bit more um, than the Zombie EP. I actually did not like the Zombie EP my first listen through. I was okay. like, this is not my thing. That It's uh, the same type of screaming that I normally don't get into at this point in my life, but yeah. I like it live. Yeah. But upon multiple listenings, I picked up on little nuances that caught me and reeled me in. Um, no, I will say after I listened to each one about 10 times, I like the space EP more. Um, I think it had the mix of the singing to screaming a little yeah. bit better while the, uh, the zombie EP was much more, uh, angry, aggressive, yeah. screaming in your face. It's much more metalcore um, than the, the space EP. While the space EP is much more progressive, I would say. Oh, absolutely. I'd say it's more of a pro progressive metal album than, yeah. um, the yeah. zombie EP. Nice thing about both of them. They're short. They're quick. Frankly, the best song between the two of them was the bonus track on the zombie EP, uh, Dan Danger Wild Man yep. was my favorite song out of any of them. Such a good song. But there were some other ones. Like, I actually liked Outnumbered because listening to the lyrics, I'm like, oh, this is a song about a zombie apocalypse. I'm well, like, this is up my alley. Well, that, <laughs> like, that, that's, that's the whole that's Yeah, the when whole you hear zombie, the beginning, yeah. and then when I actually was listening to the lyrics, it was really good. Well, well, one of my favorites is actually from the first uh, The first song, Escape, is like, there's a little break, and it's all here's, oh my God, they're everywhere. Yeah. And then like, there's a siren in the background. Yeah, like, that's it's the whole, fucking cool, so dude. It's literally the entire thing. Um, I actually did not, Escape was my least favorite song on all of them. I understand. It, it just, I wasn't ready for it to just be punch me in the mouth. Dude, it just, it, it, it goes, comes out bro. and it just hits you with a haymaker. And I wasn't ready for that. So I think that kind of, and I, even on multiple listens, it still didn't kick for me. Yeah, right. But once you got to Anatomy, which I thought was the best song on Zombie, uh, I gave that a three. Everything else got two and a half to threes. I'll take that. Um, so I'll give, I'll give um, the Zombie EP a three out of five. I'll do um, more and I'm than I'm going to give the Space EP a three and a half out of five. Okay. Um, I thought, e I didn't give any song lower than a two on that one, but everything was three and a half to four. Planet A starts out perfectly um i loved uh the last song which was asteroid fantastic yep. um i really dug this both albums uh the, i like the sound of the band there's when they sing it sounds like silverstein it does um which i guess is a genre thing at this point because yeah it is that screaming to sing sound yeah. is very similar between them See, th and that's what separates silverstein because shane told can do both and, well, like, and they, need, they need separate players Sil i think you know? silverstein has a really good balance of yeah. screaming to sing um, well, some bands, they go 80 scream, 20 sing, yeah, 90, right. 10. Uh, then Silverstein is more like probably 60, 40. Uh, Mixes now, well. now I think it's more 50, 50. Yeah, for sure. Um, but generally what they did, what Silverstein does is the verses are singing and the choruses one that being screaming or the build up, the crescendos are screaming. Yeah. Um, but Devil Wears Prada, I'd like to see them live because I feel like they're another band that would translate for me Yo, better to a live show. Fun live because show, man. The, I can feel the energy in the music. They're great musicians. They have a very good sound while you know i said i compared them to silverstein i don't think they sound like silverstein no 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 it's different unless right. this the singing sounds like silverstein but yeah. the music they play in drop d they're a little bit heavier yeah um the drumming is more double bass than anything else yeah so well, uh 
Devil Wears Prada is more metalcore than Silver Sheen I almost fucked up. Is. I thought you gave me a movie and I started watching Devil Wears Prada. I'm like, no, why no, am no. I watching Stanley Tucci? Yeah, right. <laughs> no, but I was going to say, as far as like the Devil Wears Prada haven't really given up on their roots. Like, I remember watching them in 2007 at Warp Tour and they were overbooked. They didn't have a stage to play on. They played in, the, in a dirt lot on the outside and they absolutely ripped it, dude. So the Devil Wears Prada is an amazing band. They've been around a long time. The Zombie EP is my personal favorite just because it's, it's, it's a legendary EP yeah. in the genre and you could tell it's from 2010 it has that sound Absolutely. it has that yeah. emo no, sound I, to I agree it. with that it sounded like I was it sounds dated honestly it sounded like I was 21 again dude like it, that's when that that 2010 I was 21 years old and this was when yeah. I really I like I liked Silverstein in high school but I fell in love with them around 2009 when yep. Shipwreck in the Sand came out that's that was my record. that's my favorite Silverstein yep. album and that's when I started getting into this kind of stuff so I, I'm confident if I heard this in 2010 I'd like it even more that's what I'm saying if you were if you were listening the the time it dropped I'm it sure, was so sure. revolutionary dude it was so that, good I think music is one of those things that uh, you have to be a, around at in the a time. lot of cases um it's one thing if it's like r- music that was out before we were born or too young to process it well, but Zeppelin, I think we like get that, we yeah. get to a point where it's very hard for our generation to understand the stuff that comes out now yeah it's and you know it, well, that's what that was the same thing when we were kids our parents were like, and my older brothers like what the fuck is this yeah right Compared, there was no such thing as screamo emo or anything. When my, I was a kid and my brother was still rocking Pantera and going to see Manson and Nine Inch Nails and shit, right. he heard it and he's like, "What well, the fuck is Taking Back Sunday?" That that that, that was real metal. The screaming stuff didn't start to what till when we were kids. You yeah. know what I mean? And there were early there were early influences in original hardcore punk, uh, original hardcore punk rock. You had bands like The Bad Brains, yeah. Fear. Uh, minor threat, you know, granted, like that, granted that's where it stems yeah, from, you know what absolutely. I mean? So, and it just morphed, but then they all turn into all these so different subgenres. You both picked a good job with this, cool. I like doing it. I think it was smart that they were EPs rather than full albums. No, nah. listening to two albums. If ten times that are like twelve to fourteen songs well, each can be a chore. I, I've I, done it. It's I, I, difficult. I, I didn't want to burden you with that. And like I said, five five songs for you one, six for the other. So it's it's something that shut the fuck up. It's something that <laughs> you know something that would have been easier to do. And Absolutely. I wanted to do EPs because those are the two best ones. Yes, yeah, I, I I did like this. So good work, boys. Cool. Right, let's talk Boyhood. Let's talk Boyhood, shall we? Yes. And you you I think I had hyped this movie up. To, you know what it was? You've been when, hyping this movie well, up. We for went to years. when we saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy in the theater. Yep. You went home and you went. And, and saw I saw Boyhood right after. I think I saw like three movies that day. Yeah, you did. And you I, didn't come I, home until like midnight. Yeah, and Boyhood was like the three-hour one. Yeah. So go ahead, talk about Boyhood. So let's just start for right. Let's just start at the top, shall we? Yeah. This movie is a fifteen out of ten. It's amazing. It's fucking. It's, it's a, awesome. It's a perfect movie. I the, think. Uh, the 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 way they filmed it over twelve years, I think, was incredibly smart. Um, it's a, it makes you feel immersed in the story more so because yeah. it's a very basic story. I mean, it's it's as smart. basic as you can get, it, it and it's like, it, this is a perfect example of less is more. Absolutely. I, yeah. I thought one of the big things is that I kept waiting the first time I saw it for something terrible to happen. The the fa- the stepfather that was a drunk. The first when one. When they were in the car, I'm like, holy shit, like, who's yeah. going to die? And they didn't go, they, they got you to the goal line. And then they kicked the field goal, which I think was smart two for two. because it would have been it would have been too easy to yeah. just kill someone or yeah. make it horrible. They they hinted at abuse, but they didn't show it. Right. You know what I mean? I'm sorry, I'm so unprofessional. I have my fucking phone on. It I happens. Text. But anyway, um, uh, let's see. What the hell is her name? Patricia Arquette 
what's her amazing. She, she's the mom. Cap. Yeah, she won the Oscar. She for was it. she was awesome. Um, Ethan really, Hawke was great as the father role. By the way, like I, so, there's a recurring theme of that Patricia Arquette just can't seem to find the right guys. Turns out that she that she did all along, but it just didn't work out. It, it, well, it it's took, a, it's it a matter him, of timing that happens in real life. A long a time to realize that he was the right guy and exactly. figure it out. And my whole thing was is that you know she goes from husband to husband to husband, and this one's a drunk, this one's a jerk off, this, this one's one, abusive, this one's abusive, this, this one's, one's her this. professor. And you start to feel so bad, but after a while, I was like, when are you going to see? You know what I mean? Like, like when are you going to like like look well, at thought, these people? You know I what I mean? And figure it out. Towards the end of the movie, when Mason's about to go to college, when she kind of breaks and she, down, and she's crying. I thought and shit. that was perfect because, uh-huh. uh, as a single mother, the plight of being a single mother, um, and now seeing your babies both leave the nest, I thought that she captured it perfectly. Where it was like. I'm angry at you. I'm angry at the situation, not at you. Like yeah. this is what my life is. There's um the, the one thing I will say. The, the, the obviously the main character is Mason, really. Yeah. And following him, obviously throughout the entire movie, there is the same reoccurring theme. Everyone just gives him shit. The tiniest little thing. And he and they did it so well. Where it was like, like something as simple as he has a bowl of cereal and he just moves it to the side, but he washes dishes at his job, and it's like, oh, Mason, wash it, that. Like just the tiny cattle, little thing. Captured the subtlety of boyhood, the yeah. little, the, the struggles, the first relationship, the first breakup, yeah. um, the teacher that gives you shit when you are, you know, that's not the guy you want to hear it from. Exactly. Um, you're, you're hanging out with your your friends, older brothers, and drinking beers and getting ripped on because you're not getting girls while they are. Yep. Um, I I think boyhood is one of the most perfect coming of age stories ever it is. made. Um, I think that uh, the, it's ambitious and it's the 12 year thing is truly incredible because yeah. you feel like you're growing with the story. And I do think sometimes when you do in movies and you change the actors, I think a lot can be lost there. Yeah. And well, it depends on the type of story it is. Like in a mob story, like in Goodfellas, where they show young Ray Liotta, then they show old Ray Liotta and they look nothing like that doesn't bother you because it's a no. mob story. Yeah, exactly. But in this one, the fact that you got to see him, he has acne on his face. Yeah. Then he, and what I th- if you read about the production of it, the director, Richard Linklater, every time they went to film once a year he took time with each cast member to figure out where they were at in life yeah and then curtailed the story to where they were at which um is brilliant yeah and absolutely. i mean this is the guy that made fucking dazed and confused for christ's sake yep and uh before sunset and after sunset he's a uh, it's it's an absolutely fantastic movie there's um the only th- issue i have is that it's too long it's a three-hour movie yeah it's, it's a long too movie long. like there's some parts where it's like okay yeah you know I, i've i've but, found the first time i saw it i thought like this is long and then the more i've seen it it kind of just flows for me now it definitely does and, flow. um i thought again patricia arquette was fantastic ethan hawk was my, amazing as my, the father my favorite the two 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 things that I love Ethan Hawke because he they could have very very easily have went that he was just an absentee father yeah. which he really wasn't yeah you know which, well they, which they was showed nice. that he may have been early in their lives when but he then, was still young and figuring it out yeah and then like when they were at the baseball game yeah do you have a job that kind of thing I've been in Alaska mm. um and you get to see they're, they're at an Astros game when Roger Clemens was on the Astros the nostalgia in the movie I thought was perfect because it wasn't in your face yeah it was it was just the background noise the, the music they were talking about the, the playing Pokemon and right shit. the They're, Harry Potter book release they go to that was hilarious. Yeah, everyone's everyone's all dressed up as Harry Potter for a book release. Yeah, for the um, Deathly that, Hollows part never, two, I think. Yeah. Never happening now. Yeah, exactly. But um, uh, I, I got a lot of nostalgia out of it because I grew up throughout the entire timeline, yeah, like two thousand seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. ten, shit like that. I was in high school, so basically I was watching what I was going through when he was yeah. going through it throughout the movie. So that's why I I very much relate to it. Yeah. Um. And so you liked it that much. It's it's a, it's a brilliant movie. 
I wish I bought it and didn't rent it. I'm just going to buy it. I'm yeah, it's one of those ones that's very easy for me to put on yeah. because, it, again, it doesn't take that giant leap into dark. It could have very easily done that. And there was oh a couple times I thought they were going to. Yeah. They, they hinted at it when uh, he comes home and Patricia Arquette's on the floor of the garage crying. Yeah. And then she leaves and then he makes them go out driving when he's drunk, the douche second husband. He's, he's like, here, cash this check for me. You're at, they're at the fucking liquor store. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, exactly. And then she he, took he all the money. He can't sign the check or whatever. Yeah. Like, it's sad. It's it's real life shit That's like that the happens thing. all the it, time. It felt more authentic than a lot of these coming of age stories can sometimes. Yeah, for sure. And that's another reason I liked eighth grade so much because it stayed in its lane and it showed re- realistic things for youth. Yep. I was thinking I couldn't even think of a movie that could be better than eighth grade. And then next week, Boyhood, Boyhood. punches you in the mouth. Awesome. Dude. All right. Really cool. Good Glad movie. you liked it. Let's do our picks for this week. I guess I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to give you a movie that I actually gave Ralph once, but we actually me, him and I didn't get to talk about it because I gave it to him the week before I went on vacation. Okay. So him and the fiance now wife did an episode where they talked about it. Oh, I know this is one of my favorite sci-fi movies from the last 10 years. Josh, I think you should watch as well because I think it'll blow your fucking mind. And that is Annihilation. Yep. Um, Annihilation. Oh, you did Annihilation yeah. with Natalie Portman is so unbelievable. I haven't seen it yet. I'll tell so a story good. about Annihilation. Sick. I can't wait. Um, when I went to go see we uh, when I saw Annihilation, um, we went out to go see Jurassic uh, World two that night. It was like opening weekend, and it was sold out. I'm not kidding you. Every theater. So we came home and we're like, what the fuck are we going to do? And I was like, let's watch Annihilation. I have an edible. <laughs> so I I took it. And the crazy thing was the edible kicked in hard, like right when the movie gets wild. Yeah. And I was like, ah. <laughs> I very and much. When this movie gets weird. Holy fuck. It looks amazing. Um, it's one of these movies where it's an all pretty much all female cast outside of Oscar Isaac, yeah. and it's not shoved down your fucking throat where it's like ah females uh, empowerment. It just put them in there, mm-hmm. and it worked. Like Sigourney Weaver and Alien, and Linda Hamilton and Terminator. Yeah. Um, it, Natalie Portman's great in it. The cast is great in it. There are some scenes that are gonna. Act, there's one scene in particular. It's not a horror movie, but there's one scene that is horrific. Yeah. Um, the bear I'm mm-hmm. talking about. Yeah. It, it, it's like I said, visually it's Revenant? unbelievable. Um, yeah, kinda, yeah. <laughs> Might as well be. Um, I think you're gonna love this movie. It's one of the most ambitious sci-fi films I've seen in a long time. It took the right risks, but not too much of a risk. Some of the same guys that made Ex Machina, which is another incredible one. Mm-hmm. Um, Annihilation's my pick. I think you're gonna love it. Awesome. All right, what can't... are you giving me? So, it's taken me a while. I can't believe I haven't given you this band yet, but uh, I know Kaluchi's gonna dig it, and I, that's what makes me not want to do it. Already makes yeah, me what wanna... is it, George Michael? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, you're just gonna listen. Just to, sounds just, of gay you, sex. You're just gonna listen to Careless Whisper on a loop all week. He's That's a fan <laughs> about Kalucci. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna give you. So <laughs> on Twitter, too perfect. On Twitter, not so not too not too long ago, we did a. You name your top five favorite bands. Yes, and, I saw and, that this week. Yeah, and his favorite band was A Day to Remember. So okay. that's my pick this week is A Day to Remember. You know, I've been actually hoping um, that you were gonna give me a Day to Remember album sooner because. Uh, let, before you give me the album yeah, yeah, pick, yeah. Um, my ex-girlfriend, who you guys know, her favorite band was A Day to Remember. And because of that, I resented A Day to Remember. Yeah. But I did hear some songs. I'm like, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. And uh, so I've never actually given them the full chance. And I know yeah. you love them. Yeah. So I, want, I actually genuinely want to give them a chance. So I, I could easily give you an earlier album, but I want to give you their best album. Okay. Their it, best album, and a lot of people will fight me on this, is Common Courtesy. Common Courtesy That's one of the more out, recent ones. I remember. Yes. That was like, what, 2014? Uh, 14. Yeah. So Common Courtesy was the first that the one that has the la 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 la. No, no, no. Okay, no. I was going to say cuz that song not my thing. No, no, no. Okay. That's 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 like OG day to remember. Okay. They were on Victory Records back then, but 
this album was the first album they released independently. So a day to remember what they do now is they turn their band into an LLC. So now Smart. every piece of merch that they sell, every ounce of music that they sell gets split up to a day, it gets sent to a day to remember the company mm-hmm. so as opposed to um, a record label taking their cut and then do, going through distribution rates a day to remember is big enough and they have the connections that they could just do it themselves and pocket yep. the rest of the cash okay um Common Courtesy is probably their best and most thought out record. It, it has the most passion out of all of it because they were going through so a really when, bad divorce from Victory Records. When you say it's their best album, is that like universally accepted or is that your opinion? Because I remember when this came out, some people thought they got they weren't heavy enough anymore. I think because they a band has to they have to grow up. So the narrative with the day to remember is that they can't pick between pop punk or metalcore, but they do both incredibly Why well. Why do they have to pick? Make me a good song. I well, don't care. That's what that's the thing that annoys me the most because a day to remember is so talented that now they're playing they're playing rock out loud they're playing rock and yeah. ring they're playing these huge festivals I know, I know at a minimum even when i didn't like them i could tell they're very talented musicians Incredible. so i can appreciate that and not to sure. mention dude i saw them play in pompton lakes to a to maybe a hundred people at this place called Would you have for dinner Stage. that night what would you have for dinner <laughs> i don't know I, I was like i was like 15 pizza. i don't remember you had pizza I'm, they got pizza no wendy's they, they, wendy's wasn't in pompton at the time but oh, they, okay. you definitely had pizza because that's what happens at those small venues more than likely <laughs> so but, um, no go, so like like I said, there was a hundred. There was a hundred. There was a hundred people there, and they played their one, their heaviest song at the time was called "Heartless." A fucking fight broke In out. No, <laughs> that is a good song. I like that okay. song. But um, a, a huge fight broke out, and in the middle of the set, Jeremy, the lead singer, is like, "Hey, anyone who works here?" Because it was just a free for all at that place. Hey, anyone who works here? Is everything good? Can we play? No one said anything. All right, we're dead. Remember, see you later. And like they just took off. Yeah, but smart. but like seeing them go from playing small venues like that to now where they are now financially stable one of the best bands out there right now that broke out of the scene and have really become the mainstay they're one of, of like the in that scene i know not like, being in it that that's one of the bands almost everyone holds up on a pedestal like the big four could, the big five i could think of is fall up boy a data member bring me the horizon power more and panic at the disco big three <laughs> yeah <laughs> but those are the bands that came from that and this is this is arguably their best work that has the most passion behind it just because they went through a bitter divorce from Victory Records. So and they had they, things they ha- on their mind. Dude, they had to get a judge to say, it's okay, you release this record they go before to judge, they go to any... Judge Joe Brown? <laughs> yeah, before <laughs> they go to any further litigation. Dump, so th- my pick for this week is A Day to Remember is Common Courtesy, and I really hope you cool. like Josh, it. Josh, what were you going to say? Uh, so I... Fuck you. I'm sorry, I can't help Would you say you don't care? Yeah. <laughs> True. All right, let's go on. No, no, no. Go, go ahead, Josh. Uh, so I was similar to you, different reasons. Sure. I always held a resentment against Day to Remember because we have a friend. Yeah, I know. Who is a big, huge I Day to Remember fan. Is this fan remaining nameless? Well, he Shag- let's call him Shaggy. The- yeah, we'll call him Shaggy because he probably doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. But and he hates that name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> exactly. Huge, huge Day to Remember yeah. fan. And he's a, he's. I feel like he has a different favorite band every couple weeks. Yeah. I, I, I will be honest. Like As long as I've known him, that has always been his favorite band. As from the yeah, I even remember that, but go on. Uh, so he always, you know, for some reason, whatever reason, he's the biggest anti-elitist, right? Oh, he, yeah. If it's mainstream, he doesn't want to it's, talk it's, about it's it. He doesn't want to know about it. It's called being a hipster. So this dude... <laughs> <laughs> this dude... We'll talk shit about Metallica. Pantera. Pantera. You and I yelled the at him. fucking pioneers of metal. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bands that, a day to remember, wouldn't exist if it wasn't for how Absolutely. influential Bands like they Parkway are. Drive. So, yeah. for years, I refused to give the day to remember the time of day. Just wouldn't do it. Yeah, and I would always and you talk became shit resentful like I did. Always talk shit about yeah. him even without ever listening to yeah. him. And then, um, when I started getting into ABR a lot harder, um, the song Ghosts. 
excellent uh, song with Jeremy McKinnon yep. from A Day to Remember. I was like, wow, you know, this dude could really fucking rip. I want to yeah. listen to some of his shit. So I've listened to all the Day to Remember albums since I started getting into ABR, and I got to say, I agree with Taylor. Common Courtesy is the best one. Cool. I think really I'm, I'm, I'm excited to listen there's, to it. There's so much angst behind that record. You could feel the emotion they went through for three and a half fucking mm-hmm. years. They couldn't put out a record because the record label was holding them by the balls. They wouldn't let them do it. And yeah. then when they finally did it, they said, here, and it's the best fucking record dude, of their and, entire and, catalog. And, and Violence is one of those songs that you could just fucking hit. Crank. Yeah, dude. I went to that tour after that album came out. That was the that most the big, hardcore. big hamster ball that runs across the crowd? Yeah. That's yeah. pretty cool. I've seen that. That's pretty I did cool. remember is an incredible live show. I, I, I highly recommend if they ever come around again. It's hard because they're a bigger band now. If they ever yeah. come around again, we all have to go. You uh, have to I'd experience it live. I'd be Honestly, down. it's incredible. All right. I got some stuff now. Yeah, um, you do. All right. Let's first and foremost, um, a famous radio personality got sentenced last week. I was hoping we were going to talk. Uh, yes, Craig Carton yes, yes. got three and a half years in prison. Deservingly um, so. Yes. Uh, deservingly so. I think he's uh, handled himself quite well through all this. Yes, um, I agree I, I, very much. So he, after his sentencing, he did offer to WFAN to come on to Boomer and Carton or Francesa and talk about it. Mm-hmm. And after Boomer, Boomer said, I don't think it's the right idea. Because Which it's I not, agree with. And his logic wasn't like, you know, I still love Craig, but I don't think it's fair to Gio to put him in this position. Very where fair. The guy he replaced. I'm like, that's a very mature thing. So he went on Michael Kay and talked about it. Now... Um, I think I think everything he said is very good. The thing I have an issue with is he's blaming this on, uh, and again, it may be true. He's blaming his gambling addiction on childhood sexual assault, which is that the new thing that people are going to do when they fuck up? And it's like Kevin Spacey. He tried to rape someone. Hey, I'm gay. Like this is uh, you, you still tried to rape someone. It's 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 a very hard subject because he could again, be very well be telling the truth. Exactly, and, but uh, the, the, the the skepticism is well placed. It's not like we're out here questioning. Yeah. why? But it's more or less like I'm, how truthful is it? And I I, I don't want to sit here and victim shame no, either. Of That's course. not what we're and doing. I think you know? I, my my issue though is is he says like you know it got worse after the whole Jerry Sandusky thing happened because it brought up a lot of my memories. Well, remember how. That have been your chance got? to be an advocate then. I don't, you were in the biggest fucking platform to shed dude, a light that this could happen to anyone. The famous pe- the little people, the big people. Dude, you remember when he ripped apart that Penn State student during oh, the whole yeah, scandal? Oh, yeah, yeah. And they actually, in that really... He, he mean, was great throughout the, the Penn State scandal. Yeah, he, he was. But I, Amazing I like radio personality. Using, so talented. I, I get that a lot of people will use their victimhood in court cases because it does create leniency. Yep. But my issue is that I'm not going to feel bad for you. I feel bad for his family and I, I mean, really bad for um, the story about I, it's crazy that where he said like where this got bad and I remember listening to this live is when he told Boomer you give me ten thousand dollars I'll turn it into at least twenty five gambling this weekend and he ended up winning eighty thousand and then after that all these listeners that had money were hitting him up saying hey give me this and uh, uh, went turn this around and that's how he started doing this and he was arguing that his whole ticket fraud thing what he's like everyone got tickets that were there I just didn't necessarily have them when I took the money which is illegal. Um, you have to be licensed. It's called spec seating. You have to right. be licensed to do that. And uh, I don't know, man. I I'm, I I will say I'm going to root for him when he gets out. I, I think it's – I like a redemption story as yeah. much as I like the person that has been on top and stays on the top. Well, I like th- a good comeback. There was uh, – so I th- he did a whole interview. I, what was it on? Channel Michael, 7? Uh, Michael, I, well, well, no, no. He went on Eyewitness News, and he did a whole sit-down. They're actually airing the full interview, I believe, Sunday morning. Okay. Um, I forget the guy he well, sat down with. a little with, documentary thing about it. Which I think is, is fair – and the one thing that he did say, like the little snippet they showed on Channel 7 was, 
when he gets out, you know, he, he realizes what he did was wrong. So that is very much something I agree with. And I very much want him to come out and be a better person. Be an advocate. Do what Michael Vick did. Do your time and be an advocate against dog yeah, fighting. Absolutely. Be an advocate against gambling so addiction. Craig Hart should get gambling. out and be an advocate against dog fighting. I'm just I know. I'm, 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 I, I, know well, I realize how I worded it. It didn't sound great. I know. But my, my whole point is, like, if, you could, if you're going to learn, learn from the best. And you really have to understand. Yeah, I understand I'm, how I'm stupid it was. Craig Hart. Sid's like, I'm no, at a prison fighting. and now my, my message is dogfighting. Yeah. <laughs> I know but, I, I, know I uh, was in... Uh, he also said the other thing, that he his life was in danger. Because yeah. he probably took money some from fucking gangsters dude, and shit. Dude, it, there is no doubt in my mind, he was he was talking to loan sharks. Sure. And he was talking to people that were mobbed up. Yeah. That he was taking these stupid loans. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what and I mean? I, I that think, like a bank wouldn't again, give him... I think that um, it's going to be very hard, especially if he tries getting into sports radio, because every sports radio station now is all gambling. It's all sponsored by a sports well, especially, book or especially daily in, fantasy. Well, especially in, in our in our area now, where it's oh, officially yeah, it's legal, legal and for the soon, last year. And soon in uh, New York, Connecticut, the whole area. Well, so he, but he also, I actually liked it. He said, "I don't think I'd be able to do those reads." So it's going to be very hard for me. So I, I'm going to share with you a very. It's a very personal story, honestly. So uh, it was a couple of years ago. I went to Vegas with a company I was working for. I was working CES. And this was the. F I'm not saying I'm addicted to gambling. I'm saying is I see where the addiction. Oh my is. god! It's gambling so addiction. That's I, the one you can't see. Dude, I went. I, I I hit big one night. I won about eighteen hundred dollars, and I hit twice. I hit sure. eight on roulette, right? And I had a great night. I went out. I got myself a nice steak dinner. I did all this stuff. Next thing you know, I'm like, I'm hot. I'm gonna keep going. Now, I, now I'm chasing the rest of the week. Yeah. I'm in Vegas. It got to the point when I got back, I couldn't pay my I couldn't pay my overnight parking at the airport. I had to have my buddy put, like fix oh. like, like like put up the money for me to pay it. And I remember literally being in, on the plane back from Vegas, or actually on my layover in Houston, shaking, realizing there's twenty dollars in my account, and I can't fucking I don't so, have enough money to pay my overnight with, parking. With gambling. I won't go near a casino. Gambling the online addiction. sports betting is one thing because but it's still dangerous, man. No, but here's the thing. I've I've learned to don't get me nowhere near a casino. That's my whole thing. The I casino. I can, but <laughs> but the online sports book I can handle because it's easy because I'll do twenty dollars here, twenty dollars here, because now I'm seeing it come out of my account factually. Sure. Whereas I go, oh, I take twenty dollars out, boom, not a big deal. But uh, it's it's a very real thing. It's scary how deep it so goes. So there's there's level there's different types of addictions. Obviously, you can really get addicted to anything. Honestly, yeah, that's true. Um, but you know, there's a couple that there's now. a couple that are scary because you can't really see them. And gambling is one of them. Sex addiction, uh, pornography addiction, are all things that stimulate the brain. And gambling addiction is one of the craziest ones because the next thing you know, someone is betting their kid's scholarship fund. They're betting the house, which is one of the things I hate. I really, really hate um, get, uh, poker tournaments that they put on TV. Yeah. And people that watch it and take it seriously. Dude, it glorifies that it. Well, no, it's not even that. I don't care about that. It's not gambling because these guys are paying with sponsorship dollars. That's what I'm and saying. Paying, so you, I want gambling where the guy is betting his mortgage or yeah, right. if he loses, he has to blow an AIDS patient. Like, that's well, that, that's the way it should... That's gambling. Gambling when you're using someone else's money is not gambling. <laughs> what, what What's what's the guy from Sopranos? How, how many how many bowls is... How many yeah, boxes Davey, is he, did, Davey. Did he Davey, yeah, he, and then he lost his, his sport. But that's the thing, and they said that it wasn't the first time that he had done that. So it's it's crazy to, that 
an addiction like that can so quickly unravel an entire household and how long you can hide it for as well. And Carton, by all accounts, hid this for a very long time. Yeah. And he said, you know, that he was saved by the FBI catching him. I hope he's genuine. I did like Craig. I still like Craig. And I've met Craig and he's a nice guy. I think, you know, this him being a gambling addict was the least shocking thing to me with how much he talked about it and just the way he is wired. He's super, um, you know, aggressive. He's super loud. So I I really hope he comes back. But I really like the, Craig the whole, had the balls to go at Francesa when like Michael but, K would, but it, it would hold no weight. Well, he fr- actually gave Francesa some credit on Michael K show. I, no, I'm I'm I, well, I'm talking out like at the time when like the WF fan, mm-hmm. like when the morning show in the afternoon, like that was the one thing. But correct. I don't know. So when he ended his interview, first of all, Sal Rosenberg needs to shut up. And Sal Ro- make, hello, <laughs> Sal Rosenberg. Sorry, Peter uh, Rosenberg. Sorry, the he guy made from about uh, himself. That's what that's you what were made me annoying to me. That's yeah, because what made, you're a that's fucking what annoyed me, short. Dude. Pompous fat piece of shit. Dude, and I just love when Craig goes, I have no recollection of yeah, that. Yeah, it's not, dude, he's sitting there laughing in his face and Craig he's is getting, like, you're he's irrelevant, getting, dude. Yeah, well, like, it's one it, of those things where, like, uh, well, Craig actually man. said about Francesca, he says, you know, despite all our a long, stuff. A long run at number one. Well, well no, but he, no, he also said, I was very surprised and happy that Mike reached out to me when I got arrested Good. and after the sentencing and he sent me a message and by all accounts at the station when all this went down he wouldn't let anyone badmouth me and he had every right to with the things I said Yeah. so I, I think that's like pulling back the curtain on Mike a little bit too because he is a persona he's absolutely a persona a great douche <laughs> when, when they did the 12 days of Francesimus oh my god like, five bowling brand shoots it's so <laughs> it's so funny but genuinely I do hope Craig uh, comes out of this better. Um, I doubt he's going to do three and a half years because no. he could potentially become a great advocate for all this from gambling addiction to childhood sex abuse. Oh. And by all accounts, everything he ever did for raising money for cystic fibrosis, for uh, fallen police officers, he did do and a firefighters, um, you never hear anyone that's met him. And I met him at a couple games. Uh, Josh, you were with me when I met him. We were at a Giants game, right? Dude, like the, the thing that, that sticks out to me about that is he was so willing to go around and talk to fans, like catch have everyone. conversations with people. He loves know. the fans. I, I don't think he was ever a bad guy. I, I think I, he I got caught in to, his own shit. I never had the chance to meet him, but for just from hearing stories and fan interaction, he just wanted to... To me, it sounded like he just wanted to be one of the guys. Yeah, that's... Whenever he, he hung out. He wanted he, to hang out. He was like barstool pre-barstool, yeah. more or less, um, without being a douche. But you had a barstool thing, didn't you? So, yeah, so... uh Can you El- Photoshop something <laughs> in that picture, Jeff? Yeah, please don't do that. Uh, but anyway, so El Presidente went on Twitter a couple Dave days ago. Portnoy, the founder of Barstool so Douche. It's very, yeah, it's very much uh, a known fact that we here do not care for Barstool. They have some funny stuff, but it's not exactly. Oh, they can be, the, the, they the can videos, be very the funny. The videos they post and steal some, but, thing, frankly, right? I, I agree. Are very entertaining, and I think that I, I do have a tremendous amount of respect for them making a, a making gimmick. something out of nothing, dude. A, a, a empire and out of nothing huge. to take down Deadspin. Yeah, dude, and. Uh, they, Kudos. They were. They are what. Well, Deadspin for a long time was a serious, great sports journalistic outlet, right. and then it turned into. Well, this person said this in the summer of yeah, nineteen eighty four. He said, she said. Stuff. It just turned the he yeah. said, she said nonsense. Yeah, exactly. But, so it was during the tournament. So obviously, the March Madness is over, and Virginia are the national champions. They played Texas. I didn't even know that. They played Texas Tech. So. Uh, Portnoy goes on Twitter. Someone films him, and he's having an issue again. Now we're just now we're just on gambling, and this actually ties in well. So it's no secret that Barstool has a lot of money to spend, and Portnoy is very wealthy, right? Oh, fuck and money! And he's he's very. 
very well known to being um, uh, not a not a degenerate, but he, he's known a, to be a gambler. He a put, douche lord. <laughs> you know, and he went on he went on record and he absolutely trashed trashed mybookie.ag and wow, I think they're great. It, well, take it from someone. When I started sports gambling, I was using my bookie, and he's a thousand percent right. Yeah, you never will heard a good not thing about it. get your money. Now, I understand that there's an industry standard on the, these rollovers with these promos, but the rollovers are so ridiculous. Now, I happened to get lucky and hit pretty big for about $800. Now, when they told me my rollover, so essentially what a rollover is, is that when you do the promo code, the, the dollar amount that they give you, I believe it could be 10 20 30 Depends on the dollar amount. It's times by a certain number. So, okay. so let's say ten dollars. It's time or a hundred dollars. It's times by ten. Sure. So, in order for you to cash out your winnings, you need to put in play a thousand dollars before you're even allowed to cash out. So, you could lose all that thousand, right? But as long as you put in play, it sounds like bait and switch. Exactly what it is. And they make it impossible for you to say no to these things so because if, there's pop-up here, pop-up here. In order to get past those pop-ups for their free promos, you have to do all these clicking. And they make it very, very sketchy because it almost as if like the only way to get to what uh, the bet that you want to make, you have to take their promo. And they're very well-known in not paying because the rollovers are too high. I accidentally had a rollover of over $3,500 that I had to put in play in the <laughs> that I had to put in play in order to withdraw my winnings that didn't even total $3,500. Yeah. And Portnoy went on and absolutely trashed them. Little when, dig at McAfee, when, but it's not a big one. When Portnoy ether someone, I appreciate that. And... That alone almost made me a like a pretty a, a decent fan of Barstool because Portnoy is a thousand percent in the right here. There's because times where first I think of all, they do this, great stuff. This dude took out over five hundred grand cash for the people that lost, so he could pay them back because I realized how fucked up they got. My, and they, bookie, and my bookie was a sponsor of Barstool. Yeah, my bookie would 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 then started shading him, saying that he's a fraud. How are you gonna call someone with that kind of money a fraud? Oh, he wanted to put two hundred fifty oh, grand. Card had a lot of money too. <laughs> he wanted to put two hundred fifty grand on Texas Tech to win the national title, and my bookie's like, nah. Who's gonna say no to two hundred fifty grand? Well, people Not gonna take his action. Can't back it up. I understand, but Portnoy is well known to backing it up. Well, Even no, before I'm Barstool was a thing, won, they wouldn't pay him out because they didn't have the money to pay him exactly. out. Exactly. So, and like I said, there was a little dig at Pat McAfee there, but I very much agree with Portnoy on this. My bookie is not your sports book of choice. Screw that, man. It, it, they're so sketchy, and they they hit you with all these different backdoors. You gotta you gotta spend this much I hate to make this hit much. In the back door. dude. When <laughs> dude, when I called Colucci. them, when I, <laughs> why does it work? That yeah. works so good. But when I called them to find out, like, because I had I had eight hundred dollars in that account, and I go, listen, I really want to withdraw my winnings. Who won? Who yeah, wouldn't want to exactly. withdraw their winnings? Ow. So I called them, and I'm like, hey, listen, I really need. You just rip ass in the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that smells like ass. It's terrible. Sorry, that was me. You know what they kept telling me? Sorry, that was me. <laughs> you know what they kept telling me on oh. the phone and over like the instant messenger part for the uh, cup of soup? Fuck you. <laughs> Dude. And uh, they go, listen, you could withdraw your winnings. You just have to keep playing. That is the most enabling thing you could say to anyone with like uh, any type yeah, of addiction. That's that it's it's such a backwards ass system. Well, of course they because the truth is the only way these guys make money is when people start losing. Yep. Well, and I, that's well, why they, I, I mean, now, it, why do you think casinos when you you know you go up ten thousand dollars like oh here here's a comp for the night, dude? Because they know that you'll put twenty thousand down and lose it the next day, dude. It goes without saying, and it's the it's the age old saying. 
the house always wins. Yeah, it's always the truth. So what, what happened? Every time Dana White would take the Palmer or, or some or some casino in Vegas for like ten million dollars, yeah. you can't gamble here no more. Speaking of gambling, I think we should put some money on the fights tonight, right That's, now. Josh, pull up the okay. UFC two thirty six card. Yeah, I'm gonna pull it and, up right um, now too. Because I actually I do want to talk it. about this just a little bit because I got a whole bunch of stuff here today. We're gonna do fucking let's, let's, hot, dude. What in here? Yeah. My fart or the smell or Both. the feeling in here? You're Both. hot. Yeah. I, I turned the heat off already. No, it's fine. It's I, I don't know. I'm sweating. I mean, it's dude. better than when it was cold a few months ago. Yeah, it's a lot better actually. But here, so I, right. so Josh, pull it up. I'm I'm gonna pull it up on my phone. All right, so let's just look at the main card. Um, and uh, so I think I mean, really, we should only be betting on the. I would say three fights. I would okay. So what I would do is obviously I would. I'm not saying I don't want to say who I'm taking just yet, but we're gonna. I would bet Holloway Poirier. I would bet Gastelum uh, as Redania, and I would bet OSP Nicol- Nicotita, whatever. Okay. Or if um, you want, or if you want to bet Eric Anders, no, whatever you no. want. Okay, so. Let's start from the bottom. I think agree with the the OSP and uh, Nikita Kailov fight. I guess. Um, Look, they want me to bet the Masters. Get out of here. Get, I'm not doing well, that. golf's not a sport, so <laughs> um, activity. Ne- yo, neither is darts. No, darts is not a sport. <laughs> esports are more of a dart, a, a sport than darts. E-start, esports are more of a dart. <laughs> yeah, e- <laughs> yeah, for adults. Um, okay, so I think the first fight we should bet on is the Ovin St. Pru versus uh, Nikita Kailov. And I'm taking Nikita Kailov. Uh, guy's an animal. OSP, this is the kind of fight that OSP tends to lose. I mean, his record, he's only, he's got 12 losses. There's a reason That's that. a lot. Yeah, he's a good fighter, but he's yeah. a journeyman through and through. He, I, I was going to say, I remember. He's like, like a light heavyweight, non-fat Roy Nelson. A lot, of, a lot of people said, like, when he fought John Jones, John Jones' first fight back after the, the first suspension. Oh, he, he did they well said, for himself. They said that that was the worst John's ever looked, but that was all on John. Yeah, and John also OSP t- being Cormier like, actually had to pull out of the fight, so his opponent changed entirely stylistically, and he yeah. hadn't fought in years, so I do, and he still dominated the fight. Well, it, that, that doesn't bother me at all. I completely yeah. agree. So, so, so we're we're gonna take Nikita yeah, Krylov. Yeah, Nikita K- K- Krylov, and um, I'll just Venmo you for whatever half we put on everything. Okay. So Nikita. So it's uh, I'll read the odds. It's minus one twenty. So Who's the favorite? Technically, technically Nikita. No, technically OSP. Oh, they put it, the money on Nikita because they're both minus. Like Nikita's minus one twenty, and OSP is minus one hundred two. So yeah. technically OSP is the favorite. Put, put the money on Nikita. So I'll do it for I'll sure. Do, and then so now we got uh, Israel Azdania, Adazia, whatever. Azdania. Okay, and uh, Kevin Gastelum. All right, who's the favorite? Israel is the favorite. I'm picking Kelvin Gastelum. You're gonna pick Kevin. He's I got think, heavy hands, bro. I I know who does Israel. No, no, Kevin. Kevin and he's Kelvin. a good wrestler. Yeah, he's got good cardio. I think that this is um, Israel can certainly pick him apart he, on the feet he's unbelievable he's one of these guys that when he's fighting he sets up his next move or his he sets up a move th- for three moves from now yeah, he feels right. him out but Gazalem's pressure I think is going to be a little too much he's not going to stand in front of him and let him take his shots um, I think the longer the fight goes the more it favors him and I think Kelvin's going to win a decision I think he'll struggle early and then take over yeah um, so I, I will take Kelvin especially as the underdog I would definitely put money on Kelvin really good odds he's plus 148 why, those are great why odds. wouldn't you take Kelvin that's then? a that's yeah. a great odds yeah so now the last fight we're gonna we're gonna talk about is uh, Dustin Poirier versus Max Holloway rematch um where this is a hard one. Poirier won by submission the first time they fought but this was a long time ago well this was when Max also fought uh Conor McGregor yes too. it was around the same time yeah. Max has improved dramatically so has Dustin to be fair yeah, Dustin, he's gotten so much Dustin at 155 has looked a million times better than he did at 145 this is um, looks healthier yeah Max is going up to 155 where I think he'll be healthier yep. I think Max's pressure is going to be too much over the course of a fight he throws combos. Poirier's more of like a one-to-two combo person, while Max will throw three, four yeah. things at a time. Poirier's looking for the one big punch. Yeah, and he can certainly land oh, absolutely, it. absolutely, um, yeah. I think, that, brawlers, I, think, I think Poirier will do very well, well early on, but the second Max gets comfortable in there, that's when he takes over, and I got Max by a third-round uh, submission. I, I've 
Oh, that's interesting. I think he's going to drop him and then get him in a submission. I've noticed that more now that you say that. I've noticed he has very he's very Anderson Silva like uh, qualities when he goes when he figures out the timing. It's almost always yeah, over. Yeah, exactly. But he'll be you know? more aggressive than Anderson because yeah. Anderson Anderson again was one of those he's going to throw he that would sit that, back for the entire yeah, first sure, round. The entire first round he feels you out and Max will do the same thing. And Poirier is a pressure fighter. He doesn't wait. He he waits. He waits for you to make a mistake and comes right at you. Yeah. But I'm going to take Max Holloway here. You're going to take Max. Um, yeah. I, by the time we by the time we too. post this, the fight's over. So hopefully. That's you want tonight, some money? Right? Yeah, it's tonight. Uh, UFC 236. So yeah, put the money on Max. Okay. Um, so, so right now we got a three team. So we got a three team parlay. They're right now the overall odds are plus five seventy six. So what, what dollar amount? What would you like? Put twenty on him. Put twenty. Yeah. Put the wait. So he's plus. What is he? No, no, no. I'm doing a parlay. Okay. So all three of these guys have to win. Okay. Is, 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 is what we're picking. So put fifty on it for splitting it. So yeah, if we do fifty, start small. Yeah. Well, if we if we do fifty, then it's the win is two eighty eight. So okay. We just throw that fifty yeah. fifty. So we're gonna be um doing more and more with sports betting in the near future. Even though um, I, I just had a whole story about gambling addiction. But like I said, th- this this is fun. Wait this doesn't start bother sucking me. dick for two to one odds. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I, I will. That's uh, fine. All right. So, so I'm gonna place the bet yes, right now. Place the bet. All right, let's talk Grim. some Game of Thrones. Please. Um, by the time this airs tomorrow Go. will be the day of the Game of Thrones Season 8 premiere, the final season of Game of Thrones. Um, I'm pretty sure HBO Go is going to crash for the first half hour. That's what it did last year. 1000 will. The last season when the premiere. I'm probably going to watch that live on live TV. I'm going to watch it. Well, yeah, I don't have live HBO. I have oh, someone else's don't. HBO Go account. <laughs> <laughs> um, but last when the last season premiered, it took us about 40 minutes to get into the episode um, because everyone was trying to get on. Yeah. And Fuck. now this is going to be even bigger. So probably the same thing early on. It's going to be running really slow. And it's, what time does it come on? Nine? Nine. Yeah. It's probably not going to be ready to go until like 9.30, which, whatever. I just stay off Twitter. It's exactly. Facebook. You don't look at it at all. Um, Game let's of Thrones go... is the only show I watch live Okay, so out. do you think in the first episode that they're going to kill a major character yes. to start out no. right off the bat? I don't I th- think so. I think so. Okay, who do you think they're going to kill? I, I'm, I'm not talking about like a main, main character. I'm talking like... An... Wait, before I ask you the character, why don't you think? Yeah, That's actually please. better. Why don't yeah. you think someone would so get killed, Josh? we're... You have to run with the assumption that a lot of people are going to die, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, the, yeah. the creators are, just said something that there's multiple red wedding type moments in there, this season. There are six episodes. Yeah, you got to think that w- the first episode is going to be laying out the blueprint. laying out the blueprint for what's to come. You know, Daenerys and Jon are going to get to Winterfell. Sure. They're going to have some type of now that time travel happens. In a <laughs> Game they're going to have some type Arnold of council where all the Northern Lords. And John and Daenerys and Tyrion are all in that great hall at Winterfell, and they're talking about what's happening. People are trying to say, you know, we're not going to support a Targaryen ruler. John's going to say, if we're not all band together, the dead are going to kill us. You know, the the normal stuff. That's it, been it'll going be kind on. of the same when, like, he was uh, when they were talking about him going to meet Daenerys yeah. or whatever, shit yeah. like that. Um, you know, the the arrival is going to happen. You're going to have all sorts of reunions. John and Arya. Yeah, emotional. Um, Brand, John, John and Bran. This one I'm really excited about. Bran and Jamie. Yeah, that should be a good one. Ooh, yeah, because, I didn't even think about that. Because, yeah, eh, eh, exactly. That's a that's a great point. I was thinking that too. Like, I want to see Bran and Jamie. But has Bran even told anyone that Jamie was the one that pushed him? I don't know. I don't think anyone knows except for Bran. Yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Bran knew. Well, actually, happened, well, the only person that figured out was the three. Ned. He's the three-eyed cripple, so he sees everything. <laughs> uh, Arya and the Hound. Yeah, that's a good one. Arya mm-hmm. and uh, Gendry. Yeah, that's a really good one Ooh, too. Sansa yeah. and the Hound. Yeah, Sansa and the Hound. You're There's right. a lot. What about of uh, Baratheon? The other Baratheon. No, that's Gendry. Oh, Gendry. I'm, yeah. oh, I'm thinking of uh, what's the, the dude that's Tyrion's buddy that is Brienne's... Uh, Podrick? Podrick, yeah, yeah. That's where I'm getting confused. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's a lot of potential moments in this episode that I think that they're going to pack it up with 
things like that. You go back in King's Landing, uh, Euron coming back with the Golden Company. Yeah, yep. these are things that are going to have to happen in Episode One to set up what's going to happen. That's true. Um, I, I mean, if they did kill a character, it'd have to be at like the end of the episode. You'd assume um, if it was going to be anyone, and probably like Reek or something. Yeah. Uh, it's one of these things so, where it's 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 like you can't. So if I had to pick the one character, like, yeah, I was going to say he doesn't not, think someone's going to kill. You just laid out Josh very well why you think this will happen. Who do you think, and who does it? So. This is what I think. I think because at, at the end of season seven, we finally see the wall come down and we see all these. Uh, what the hell? I want to say Davos, but that's not it. Uh, the guy with the flaming sword. What's his name? Beric. Beric. Oh, yeah. So you, so like Beric Dondarrion. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's an awesome name. Yeah, it is great. Like, you see Beric, you see Tormund, you see everyone at the wall, and then what happened? Are they dead or are they alive? And then we kind of got, okay, they're alive in the trailer, right? Yeah. I think one of them dies first episode. That just was, trying to escape the wall because how how did they get out of there? See, and that would actually work because it's a secondary character. It would make sense to kill rather than I, one I, of the. I, so, if it's Tormund, I'm pissed. If it's Beric, I'm all right with it. So, um, I recently, uh, wife two and I have uh, rewatched you know all of Game all of it, Thrones, yeah, and uh, I kind of debunked a little bit of the conspiracy that. Beric or Tormund or one of those guys could be dead. Okay. If you watch that scene when the wall is coming down, mm -hmm. it's it's very clear. They don't, you know, come right out and say it to you, but if you're paying attention and you really look at it, you can see that it's clear that they survived and got away. Uh, where? And, explain to me where, because I, I, so, I missed it. I'm just trying to figure it out. So the camera is going to, the camera pans back as the wall is falling. So yep. you can see that the wall is falling towards the sea. Yeah, right. So... They're running away from the falling. So they're running this way, and the wall is falling this way. Okay. So because the wall is falling towards the sea, and they're running this way, in the scene where you see the wall falling behind them, yeah, right. it's not falling towards them. If it was falling towards them, then they're in danger. Yeah. But because it's falling away from them, and they're turning around and looking at it, they're in the clear. Josh maybe, Hawking over here with the physics of it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, well, maybe because I thought they were on top of the wall, the part that was brought down by the by the dragon. Mm -hmm. That's the yeah. maybe that's what I thought. That's what I, I guess that was like the uh, the general consensus. It was really quick, and it's such yeah. a shocking moment. Yeah, right. Where the wall is finally coming. That you're down, not paying attention. You're to not fucking paying attention running. to exactly what's happening. But on the second, third watch through. Yeah, right. And you want to see. Hey, is there any way that these guys could be alive? Yeah. And you look at it, you really think about you it. Can it makes you sense. can figure out the logic of why yeah. that's happening. It makes sense. Okay, so we got that out of the way, what we think is going to happen in the first episode. I do think that they will kill a secondary character. That's what I think, I think yeah. that it's just going to be one of those things where it's circumstance rather than someone that double-crossed or whatever. It's just kind of be like that gut punch to get you into, well, like, you're in for a rough ride. Because I think this season is going to be a rough ride. I, I, I don't see any double-crossing outside of Cersei Lannister. That's it. Because I, I think all the other main characters are so... So invested, and now they know. So I think the double cross. You know? I'm actually. I, I finally figured out what I think is going to happen. I think everyone is dead. Well, I think the Night King reigns with Cersei are you, are you, becoming a White Walker. Are you talking about like what is this like? An, this is like the ending of Lost. What the fuck is? This? I, I think everyone's going to get. I think the White Walkers are going to reign supreme. I don't think you're I far think, off either. I think the biggest gut punch kill, and I think it's going to be a double cross. Is I think Sansa is going to end up killing Arya. Whether it's by mistake, why or, though? Why do you think that? I, because I, I, I think the biggest gut, the most beloved character is Arya right now. The yeah. remaining characters is she not? Yeah. Biggest fuck you. When you think she's gonna make it, she fucking gets killed. Like they're trying to get away, and Sansa like just fucking tosses her to the side. I'm because trying to find. I don't out think what they the built the tension well. between them early on before they realized it was Littlefinger was by mistake. Yeah. I think Sansa has been around too much shit that she her ambition is totally self motivated at this point. Well, she and, even she even mentioned that she. She got a lot. Like when John and Sansa like meet again for the first time, 
like you almost sound like her. Yeah. So I think that the biggest gut punch character kill will be Arya, which is exactly why I wow. don't think she's going to make it. Mm. I don't think I, I I will be very unhappy if this is just a happy ending show. It would honestly devalue a lot of the show for me if it's a, just a, a John and the Daenerys. Do, well, do, 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 we're on the Iron Throne. Okay. We have so dragons. I, I, I'm I don't, a bastard. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't technically not. But yeah. I, I don't see it being a happy ending. Per se, like where it's like, all right, king and queen rule, but it's really his aunt and shit. You know what I mean? But like, like I, I, I see a happier ending, and by what I mean by that is that maybe Daenerys takes it up, maybe John takes it up. I think a main well, character the, could become the only the, other character that you could kill that would be equally upsetting is Tyrion, right? Here's yeah. here, that would break a lot of people's here's hearts. What I, here's I think Jon Snow is going to get killed by season uh, episode four. As here's well. what I think. Here's what I think is honestly going to happen. Nah. You, throw everyone for a loop. You've seen shades 100%. of it in earlier episodes. I think Dan the the war is over. Daenerys takes up the Iron Throne. And we have the second coming of the Mad Queen now. That's what I think. If she, like, in the last episode, when, she when, just when, starts, when starts, she, when she, she burned the shit out what of Dickon. What, what if everyone around her, she's in love with John, and he gets killed, and that just... She just goes nuts. Sets her off. So... I don't think Jon Snow's surviving. I, I, think, I, believe, I, I agree with you very much. I don't. Um, so, if we look back at the history of Game of Thrones as a show, it is a show that is very much rooted in exposition and imagery. And rape. And rape. Well, so, God, if, you, if you look at all the things that have happened and all the hints that have been given to you from episode one all the way up to the last episode of season seven, and then okay. you look at what the creators have said, these guys are not, they don't pull any punches. If they yeah. tell you something's going to happen, it's going to happen the way they tell you it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. So, when they say that the ending is going to be bittersweet, this is what I think is going to happen. All of your secondary characters are dead. Yeah. Yeah. Jorah Mormont is dead. Grey Worm is dead. Gendry. Gendry is dead. Varys is dead. Tormund is dead. Bums me out. The people that are alive at the end of this show, all the Lannisters are probably dead. These are the people that are going to be alive at the end of the show because it's going to be a bittersweet ending, and I'm going to tell you what I think. Go ahead. Jon Snow, alive. Daenerys Targaryen, alive. Arya Stark, alive. Sansa Stark, alive. Uh, shit kid Stark, alive. Bran? Everyone else dead. <laughs> and this is what's going to happen. Jon and Daenerys are going to look around at all the chaos that has happened, and they're going to say, fuck this shit, we're out. And they're not going to They're going to go back. They're gonna That's go, not a bad idea. They're going to yeah. go back to Essos. Because if you go all the way back to season two and you look at Daenerys' vision in the uh, in the House of the Undying, yeah. when she walks through the destroyed throne room in, King in King's Landing, when she ah. walks beyond the wall, and then she walks into that hut in the desert where Drogo and her son are, you think this bitch ain't pregnant? Yeah. Oh, no, uh, I, I, I believe so. she dies in childbirth as well? No, I don't think so. I, I think she has the that's, kid. And that's I think too the, easy, in my opinion. It, it is the easiest one, but it, it, it's, it also makes the most sense because that's been a common theme mm -hmm. throughout yeah, the right. central storyline of the show, is mm -hmm. that the major characters were born of someone dying in childbirth. Tyrion, yep. Jon Snow. Now, here's a, here's a question. What, like, who, like, who out of the secondary characters becomes a White Walker and is, becomes a problem? Oh, nobody. No, no do, I don't think um, do that. Now, what about the theory? You're, like, you're not talking like, like, like if someone dies, like if Tormund dies, becomes a White Walker, well, and they and they have a show, and he has a showdown with Jon Snow. Well, at are some you saying are you thinking a White or a White Walker? Because there's a difference. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, ta I'm, I'm talking in like a White Walker where they become the zombie. No. Kind of, kind of like how Hardhome ended, and it's like all the wild things oh, okay. like that so, one. So that would be becoming a White. No, yeah. I don't think so. I don't think that that's. Now, I'm I'm also buying oh, the I, theory that yeah, you're right. I'm right, buying right, the yeah. theory that the Night King has a connection to the Stark name, like mm. the first Stark, which well, is Brand. why I think he's so connected to part of Brand. the part of the first. The First, first Stark men. and the the youngest Stark, right? Yeah. yeah. 
I think that there's going to be some kind of connection there between them, which is well, why I think doesn't it, Brand have the name of the first Stark? Is wasn't the first Stark Brand? I that I don't know. The, as the well. Stark who built the wall was named Brand. Brand That's what Brand I'm talking about. So yeah. is, is it possible the Night King is Brand the Builder? The first Stark, maybe, and I think I don't. I think the fact dude. that they have that connection, where the Night King can see him through visions, and vice versa, there has to be some kind of bloodline well, connection, the, which the, is why I think a Stark is going to end up on the throne, but it's going to be the Night King. There, uh, I mean, like, there's also that one little part where Bran is warging all the ravens, and then like he sees the army of the White Walkers and the White and the Whites, and the Night King just sees the ravens and scatters. I think he, he can pick up on the connection. That's there. what I'm, I think. There, yeah. there has to be some kind of um, biological, metaphysical connection there. Yeah. Um, I don't think you're far off. Either, I, do honestly. you think that Cersei kills Jamie? No, no, I think that Jamie kills Cersei. I, I, who I think kills Jamie. Uh, I think Jamie just dies in the fighting. Or does Jon Snow kill him as the final revenge for his, for um? Actually, Edward? you know, I, you know, what I, I don't think Jamie see? dies by see, anyone's hand except I for could White. See, so the, I see the basic breakdown of the season going like this: they get to Winterfell, the army of the dead gets to Winterfell, they have to leave Winterfell, whoever's still alive. Where do they go? They either go to Dragonstone or King's Landing. Yeah. So I think that Jamie makes his way back to King's Landing, explains to Cersei just how fucked they are, and by the end of the se- by the end of the series, you're gonna see Cersei poison Jamie. Jamie realizes what's happening, and Jamie kills Cersei. They both go out like Romeo and Juliet kind of shit. Yeah. Okay, that's wow. actually yeah. that's, that that makes a lot of sense. It does. Um, what like about that. the the guy that's in love with uh, Daenerys, the, the older guy, Jorah? Jorah. Jorah. He's what, dead. You think? Yeah, he's gonna die, right? He, he dies at Winterfell. I'm I'm pretty sure. I, I, would, I would think, think so. so. And his could end up being a very emotional moment because it's been while well, he says he loves her, it's like a father daughter yeah. relationship. So he doesn't want to be a father daughter relationship. <laughs> yeah, no, he wants to fuck his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> very, I mean, it's, I mean, very it's Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. You never know. Yeah. Um, I'm excited though, man. It's uh, I'm excited. For I'm excited to see this battle that they've been hyping up. They say it's the biggest battle done on TV or film, mm-hmm. and to think that they could top battle all the bastards on top of it, yeah. um, that's going to be crazy. And see, I, I, I'm telling. Dude, I, not only that, there are people who have seen the, this battle after it's been edited that say that it is more intense than dude, Helm's Deep. I had uh, that's one of my favorite. That's to me a top three battle on film all time. Helm's mm-hmm. Deep might be number one. Yeah. I don't know, um, dude. It's Helm's Deep though, man. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> see it before I know. But like, I, I have. Dude, to, I always bro. think about in Battle of the Bastards when Jon Snow was getting piled on the bodies and he's like not breathing. That's I was cool. like this. I was like, oh. I, I, I will say that like obviously the difference is, you know, obviously it's fantasy, but Lord of the Rings is fantasy fantasy, whereas Game of Thrones is real fantasy. You know what I'm what's, trying to say? What's real like, fantasy? No, I'm talking like as far as like the battle sequences, gotcha, gotcha. like they're very much like what actually what happened as opposed to Gimli standing on the top of a thing and counting off how many people he's killing. Sure. Mm-hmm. sure. You know what I mean? So it's... I just can't wait, dude. Yeah, I've been waiting I'm, for this. So I'm my girlfriend, sick. my girlfriend has never watched Game of Thrones, and we've been, and I've been trying to pressure her to watch Game of Thrones for the longest time. And now that season eight is here, she literally texted me last night. She goes, "I have like real FOMO. I never watched this." <laughs> yeah, dude. It's and you still got the people that are, just have to post she, that they they're not watching it, dude. Yeah. Not, like, I saw a meme that was like great. That. Dude, Shaggy, Shaggy does that too, actually. Yeah, of course. Dude, yeah, dude, exactly. Yeah. I saw oh, the meme said uh, uh, all the posts that say I don't watch Game of Thrones and it's the hound says dumb cunt. <laughs> <laughs> dude, she goes, uh, she's like, oh my god, you know, it's like I just can't wait. I want to watch all. I go, you didn't have to wait two years. You didn't have to wait four years. Between, I mean, I, I watched the first season and, and I wasn't into it, and then I was like, landlord wanted to watch it. I said, all right, let's do it. Once I got to that scene when uh, Tyrion's on trial. 
um, for killing Joffrey, and he just ripped them. Amazing, I'm amazing guilty scene. of being a dwarf. That's that scene sold me. I wish me right I had there. enough poison for every single yeah, one of you. That, like, amazing that scene, scene right there alone sold me, and I liked it so much more rewatching it again recently because I could pick up on the little nuances and the foreshadowing. Yeah. Um, I saw an interview with the the chick that plays Arya, and she said that Ar- Arya's journey is very similar to how season one started, where. Basically, since season one, her character has been almost uh, void of emotion because of everything she went through. And now she's going back to having emotion because she is far removed from everything she went through. Which makes her character's plight and journey much more complicated than what it previously was. So since we're we're talking about uh, Arya... Which one of her, per, which one of the people on her on her kill list she's been talking about for a while now? Did hound. she actually kill? I think she ends up killing the, the hound. The, the hound. Ma- oh, the mountain. The mountain. Yeah. Okay, that one I, I see. I want a mountain and hound showdown. That's I wanted when she kills him. I, well, yeah, she has. She has. So, she loves the hound. So you got to think. Really? She was a, a a young girl when all of this happened. Her mm-hmm. fa- she she didn't see it, but she was there when her father was beheaded. You know, she goes on this journey now, and she she gets abducted by the hound. You know, he can't ransom her off like he wanted to, and then a very strange kind of fatherly relationship, Fr- like protective, yeah. Yeah. is is built there. And I think yeah, that when Brianna you see when she has pop. the opportunity to to kill him, she doesn't take it, even though it, she doesn't take it because is that when it's he a falls? Mercy killing yeah, no, when he or, fights Brienne and yeah, he's like right. left for dead. Yeah, she doesn't do it, and then uh, when she is training to become a faceless person, um, the uh, Jack and Hagar tells her to read through the names on her list and asks if he still hates these people, and she gets to the <laughs> hound, and he says, and did you mark the name off the list? No. Why? Because I I didn't want to give him mercy or, or whatever, and he says, do you still... Uh, do you still hate this person? Yes. Slaps her. <laughs> so, okay. So, so actually, um, I just thought of this. Okay, so I like your theory about she kills the, the mountain. Now, I think that it, the show would be making a huge mistake, missed opportunity, if we do not get a hound and mountain no, showdown. But that's what so, I'm saying. So I, think I think that think, she rescues the hound from the... So yeah. I, I, I like where you're going, but I have a better one for you. Mm-hmm. So, same better? idea. Same idea, where she rescues... Uh, she The mountain is standing over the hound like he's about to die, and she comes up and kills him, right? Yeah. The hound is so gravely wounded. It's almost like the situation where she left him for dead last time after the battle with Brienne. Mm-hmm. And he says again, kill me, because he knows he's going to die. And then it follows up previously. This time she actually puts him out of his misery. Yeah. And yeah. it is crossing the name off her list in theory. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. So okay. I think that would be the most full circle way to do it, because you're tying off where she left him previously and crossing off two names on the list, the two brothers. Yeah. But I think... If they don't actually get a mount, they've been teasing the mountain and hound showdown for, for, so for a while long, now. Yeah. They would make outside that would be, of that little spiff they had in the first season at the. Well, no, at, they, at had the fa- they had a show off in the when um, John Snow came to well, King's Landing, like yeah. where they actually like swung swords yeah, at each yeah. other. But no, you're right. Where they talked and it's like he was like the the undead guy. But here's here's something out of left field, and I th- I just thought about. So my my one prediction that probably won't happen. They're, they're in the biggest time. Daenerys is in trouble. Jon's off doing something else, and in walks Dario Naharis. Okay, and is like, and he saves the original the day. actor. Yeah, the original <laughs> guy with the long hair. The original guy with the long hair. Yeah, yeah. But in walks Dario and saves and saves Daenerys from uh, from being killed from something. Okay. So that's what I think. I think we're gonna get like we got a Gendry comeback last season, which I did not see coming. He was gone for like what four seasons. Yeah. 
I think we're to get another. Again, he was he's gone he, since they took his blood. Um, with uh, Mal, does Malisandra come back this season at some yeah, point? I, yeah. she has she, to. She has one of the uh, the throne posters. Does she show off her yeah. boobs and her tiny nipples? I hope so. <laughs> her nipples are like little dimes. Whatever, <laughs> <laughs> she's good for all the run. But yeah, I want to. I want to see. I want to see. Like, I want to see Dario come back. Hell and yeah. do something that'd be cool. Cool. Um. Okay. Good. I'm excited for Game of Thrones, guys. We yep. got that out of the way. I, Josh, I, I think we could all agree. I need you to Google something. No, where oh, where do you think oh, I'm not going? going there yet? We're, oh, not yet. I okay. need you to type in mashed potato mystery. Could you be? Oh, yeah, this. I need to read this. Um, this story was brought to me by uh, a friend of ours from high school, uh, Ann Hemmerlin, um, messaged me yesterday. It was like, I need you to talk about this. And I'm like, okay. And I looked it up. And uh, so we're going to read about the mashed potato mystery. And then I want your theories. Okay. So I'll read this article. So the headline says, scroll up a little bit. Um, headline says, what does it mean? Mysterious mashed potato pota- mashed potatoes perplex a historic neighborhood. All right, so I'll scroll down. I'm going to read the interesting article. Title. Was it a poorly con- uh, conceived plan to poison neighborhood pets? A bizarre prank? A weird guerrilla marketing stunt sponsored by the potato lobby? <laughs> potato a cri- lobby? A cryptic omen requiring careful interpretation, like bird eggs and animal tracks studied by o- o- whatever that word is in ancient Rome, and potentially foretelling stranger times to come. All of these questions and more surrounded by the mysterious bowls of mashed potatoes that turned up on doorsteps, in mailboxes, and on top of parked cars in one neighborhood in Jackson, Mississippi this week. What does it mean, local television station WLBT wondered, and will they strike again? <laughs> the the instructable t- tubers appear to have first been discovered by residents of historical Bellhaven neighborhood on Tuesday morning. At around 7 a.m., Jordan Lewis, who has lived in the neighborhood for five years, walked outside, outside and spotted a bowl resting against the windshield of her cherry red car, where you might normally expect to find a parking ticket or a concert flyer. Rain had fallen overnight, and the, at first she did, she thought the watery glue-colored mush had once been potato salad. Wait, what if, what if the guy tried to put it... In the windshield wiper. Like <laughs> so you run them and it just... <laughs> <laughs> okay. I walked around the house and threw it away. I was grossed out by it. Later that morning, Lewis posted about the perplexing discovery on Facebook. Within a matter of hours, four people had responded to her with explanation mark-laden messages telling her that they had woke up to find that someone had inexplicably placed bowls of lumpy beige mashed potatoes in their front yards. I'm so glad you to read this, one wrote. You got excited that someone else got mashed potatoes. Good yeah, for you. Right? Like, Michael Lynn had been equally baffled when she, or Michaela Lynn had been equally baffled when she you stepped outside gender, and fa- whatever and found a plastic <laughs> foam bowl of mashed potatoes precariously balanced on her mailbox. She was relieved when a neighbor across the street told her that she wasn't alone. One of the neighbor's Facebook friends had mentioned finding mashed potatoes in her car that morning. In her car, I, I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is a thing." Soon, the old, the odd turn of events was the talk of Bellhaven, which had been cited on multiple lists as one of the country's best neighborhoods thanks to its tree-lined streets and photogenic historic homes. Mississippi's most creative individuals have found, found their way to Greater Bellhaven, notes the American Planning Association. Among the residents are uh, celebrated writers, artists, and musicians, and apparently... Someone, uh, someone with unusual ideas about mashed potatoes. As word spread, the mystery deepened. Who would go to the trouble to make mashed potatoes or perhaps acquire them through other means? You fucking go buy Bob Evans microwavable ones and just put them out there? Those are pretty scout. good, though. They won't even then scout then the scatter potatoes. them around the neighborhood. Why not eat them instead? Why were they left at some houses but not others? Why potatoes? That's the real question. The most likely explanation and the least interesting one is that someone came up with a weird idea for a practical joke. Lewis told WLBT that she assumes it was a harmless prank played by some college kids or students in the area. Lynn similarly told told the station that some of the mashed potatoes recipients had been staff 
students or alumni of Belhaven University, a private Christian institution situated in the neighborhood. I feel like there's some sort of connection there, she said. Maybe, she theorized, the mystifying potatoes had come from someone whom she knew. Sebastian, weird last name, who also uh, stepped in a bowl of mashed potatoes. <laughs> I thought that was his last name. <laughs> he stepped in the mashed potatoes that had been placed on his doorstep when he left for work at 7 a.m., pointed out another possibility. Some people were thinking maybe the mashed potatoes were poison to kill animals, he told WJTV. I, w- I didn't taste it. I have a three-second rule, so I didn't touch it. If it was in a bowl, the three-second rule is uh, irrelevant. Yeah. But some were, some people were worried. The Wikipedia, Wikipedia entry for Belhaven alleges that there are uh, a number of outdoor cats in the neighborhood, most of whom are friendly, but also notes that a citation is needed for that claim. Still, no one felt the need to inform law enforcement. Instead, residents seem to have accepted the unsolicited mashed potatoes as merely another local eccentry. Um, the neighborhood does a lot of quirky things. We uh, decorate road signs. We put Christmas trees in our potholes. So it's not surprising at all. That's why I love this neighborhood because they do so many strange things. But it's definitely one of the weirdest things I've seen living in Jackson. All right. Let's get to the mystery of the mashed potatoes. First off, I want to ask each of you. You wake up in the morning. You open your door and there's a bowl of mashed potatoes outside. What do you do? Toss them out. Josh? I probably just walk around them and go about my day. You'd leave them for the wife, too, to clean up. Yeah, it's usually okay. what I do. Um, okay, so I would examine them, <laughs> and then I would see if I had gravy inside. <laughs> I would I would probably do a little dab on my finger and take a taste, and if they're good mashed potatoes, I might just even put a little margarine on them and eat them. I might bring there. them to work with me with lunch. Now, what what do you think? Do you think it's just a prank? or is Because I know what's going to happen is if this keeps happening, like Vice or some liberal ones be like, this is clearly supposed to represent white nationalism in this country and how we're all blind to <laughs> see, it and ignore it. See, I'm not even, I'm not, I'm not even going that far. I'm going to go something even stupider. I just think this is DC trying to find out and that there's a new uh, that there's a new uh, Batman villain they could work out. <laughs> a mashed potato bandit? Yeah, because they, they will literally throw anything at the wall. DC stinks, so they're like, let's mess with this town in Mississippi, it's a, it's a and it's like, hey, device. let's go throw mashed potatoes on people's car. Well, bet money I'm this idiot you. put it on the fucking windshield and just like go ahead drive. I'm gonna give it if this keeps happening. I'm gonna give it two weeks before someone turns us into some liberal story about how it's because sure. it's in Mississippi. Why, why wouldn't it be? It's in Mississippi, and they're gonna be like, clearly, this is the place of white people ignoring the racism history <laughs> of Mississippi. What food would you wake up to that you would like look at it like it's just on your front step and then you'd be like, oh, I might eat that. Uh, hot dog. Just a hot dog on the doorstep? Yeah, but like not in a bun. Just, just a plain <laughs> hot dog. Josh? Uh, maybe like a pizza or in something. In a box? Yeah. Right? What yeah. about there's just like a, a, like a Wendy's cheeseburger wrap just sitting there? With no cheeseburger in it? No, there's a cheeseburger in it. Yeah, oh, see, uh, well, I, I, it depends. It would de- it would depend on what the burger actually it's looks a like. Baconator. No, 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 no. I, I mean, you have to right. like open it up and look at it, make sure there's no like the needles he, or razor blades to, on it. He has to know the state of the burger before yeah, he consumes like, so it. So, like, if the if the bread is like stale, gross. No, no, gonna, no you don't ever want a stale bun. If, if it if someone went to Wendy's, got a baconator within the last six hours, let's say, and put it on my front doorstep, sure, I'll eat it. Okay, but you got to open it, and make sure there's no razor blades or well, broken yeah, yeah, glass yeah, obviously. in it. Um, I, I don't I don't know. What if it's like I, just listen, a bucket of fried chicken? No, nah, listen. Tr- listen, if I'm being honest, I'm throwing it all out. Don't know where it came I from. Don't, I don't believe Pete, that. No, I've no, seen you no. wake up. You were hungry. You reach for hot dog buns. I'm like, oh, you having a hot dog? You're like, no, bun. <laughs> opens it, and as you go to take the bite of it, it was mold. At, it's like literally an inch from your mouth. I see it's just covered in green mold. And I'm like, no. <laughs> you take the bite. No, but like go, I said, truth be told. I start like, laughing the second you take it out. You're you walk up to the sink and just <laughs> yes, yeah. So that's a prime example of nothing is safe. Yeah. So like if it's if it's left out like outside, it's outside my house. God knows whatever idiot put it in that thing, and then that that was at least in my house. So I have okay. reason to believe that it's fine. Let me play with this. You walk out. Play with what? And there's a steak quesarito wrapped. Oh, I would think. About that. <laughs> 
All right, listen. Food, food staycation Doritos. One in the thing right too. conditions, food being left out is not the worst thing. No. I can think of a except time except for the one kid who had the who had the the pasta. <laughs> who had the pasta. <laughs> and he died. I can oh. think of a time when uh, back when we were all doing our Best Buy thing and we would go once a week to Applebee's. Right? Yeah. I remember More one that. time. Most of that stuff was probably found outside. Oh yeah. <laughs> I remember a time where we went. And uh, I had ordered, uh, it was half app, so I ordered the large portion of uh, of the boneless wings. Like everyone else did, and then immediate yeah. diarrhea. So I wound up with like six or eight wings left over. And it was the winter time, right? It was maybe December, maybe January. Uh-huh. And I forgot to take the wings in my into the house. I left uh, them in the car. You, you go in your and car, and you, you don't realize next... until you take a whiff, you're like, it smells like honey barbecue in here. Yeah. <laughs> over the course of the next three days or so, I just had chicken snacks. Yeah, well, it was great, dude. <laughs> chicken treats. Yeah. yeah. I, that happened to me recently. Um, I was at, I, Before I went to the movies, uh, before we saw um, uh, Us, yeah. um, I went to Burger King because I'm like, I'm not going to eat. And I was like, I'm just going to get a burger and onion rings, right? I forgot, I forgot to eat dude. the onion rings. Gross. And I, I, I got out of work the next day, and I was really hungry, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and I ate the onion rings. I can't like, believe that Burger King is closed. Colucci posted a very heartfelt tribute to that Burger yeah, King. Yeah, I saw Imagine that. Imagine yeah. all the things he has to live for. So Burger King is one of them. So, something, so that's so, one more. We're one step closer to him killing himself. So, some, so something like this very, you know, very similar to this happened one time. It was an isolated, an isolated incident. And I it do ha- not believe it's an isolated no, incident with you and food. No, I do no, not believe it. No, listen. I was with that friend we talked about earlier who hates Pantera. We were at Applebee's. Shaggy. Yeah. yeah, Shaggy. And we walk. We're walking out to the cars, and someone put a mozzarella stick on his, like, like in his. I think it was in his gas can, or like, like, like in his gas tank, and it was just sticking out. It was a mozzarella <laughs> stick sticking out. And I remember looking at him like, "What the hell?" Like someone just randomly walked by, did, and just put a mozzarella. Did stick. you eat it? No, hell no. Did dude. he eat it? I probably. I would have eaten it. I would have been like, "Fuck it." Like, I, I would have smelled it report. first, make sure there was no traces of gasoline. Why? On it. Then I would nothing eat wrong it. with eating gasoline. There's a lot sure. of things wrong with eating gasoline. Not ga- you, okay. It's gasoline fumes. There's not really that much gasoline on it. It's still not great, dude. Like so. Uh, I liked your idea of that it's some kind of promotional tool for a movie. Like the new villain in the new Gus- Ghostbusters, instead of the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, it's just a giant mashed potato monster. And it's Harold Ramis's CGI as a mashed potato. It's, it's Uncle Ben's race-a-roni. It's Uncle Ben's a dick. <laughs> um, so... I, I don't know, like this. I don't know what I would do in this situation. Like, what if it's just a okay? No, here's listen, what I know you I'm, need, Josh. If... You wake up and there's just a wrapped Smucker's Uncrustable on your doorstep. Pick it up and I eat it. Sure. If it's wrapped, if it's wrapped. Yeah, yeah, if it's wrapped. Sure. I like Smucker's Uncrustable. But They're like, delicious. Again, yeah. like I said, truth be told, honestly, now it's getting tossed out. I again, I don't know. Mashed potatoes is such shit. a weird one to put That's out. That's what I'm there. saying. It's so like, out of left you, field. It's so it also did they buy the pre-made ones? Probably. Or did they make the mashed for the potatoes amount of, from scratch? Dude, for the amount of mashed potatoes that they went through to do you that, the, you like had to get four the bucks at Shoprite. You get the microwavable Bob Evans ones that they're pretty good. Yeah. Um, in a pinch, for sure. Yeah, yeah, so I'm interested to see if this continues or if they, like, suddenly... I'm telling now, you, dude, it's like, a Batman next, villain. Next, it's going to be, like, they just put ear of corns out, an ear of corn, and then eventually just going to be a full turkey. Like, oh, I was helping you with Thanksgiving for next year. I'm telling you, dude. It's, <laughs> Freeze it's, it. It's, I'm telling you, dude, it's a Batman villain. It's DC working stuff out. I'm telling I've you. I've never heard of the mashed potato bandit in the Batman comics. I'm just saying it's something, D- it's something DC would do, dude. That's how bad it is. They're, although, they're although I've heard Shazam is pretty good. I heard it was awesome. Um, I'm not really interested I in it. I don't care either. I, I'll wait for I still don't watch Aquaman. Well, I don't know okay. if I will. So uh, I, I remember when Bob was on, we, like, um, we, uh, I, I gave him my iTunes account. He gave me his. He actually just he just bought Venom. And I kind of want to see fun. it because I heard it was fun. I, thought, I haven't okay, seen Venom it yet. Was, Venom was bad. 
but it was so entertaining because it embraced well, how it bad had, it was. It had a lot of hype around it, and I remember when and the first it, trailer it got, dropped was like, well, because Tom Hardy playing Eddie Brock dude, was... he committed to being an absolute maniac in the role, right? and I wouldn't say by any means it's a good movie, right. but it was entertaining. Well, that's, I was very entertained. And, and that's why I'm kind of like interested to scope it out, especially because he bought it. I didn't buy it. I'm not buying that. Yeah, no. Um, I, w- I was entertained by Venom. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, I, I still got, I, I, I want to see Aquaman now that I want to see it when it's up for rental. That's it. Yeah, I have a copy of it. I just haven't watched it. Um, I also said I wouldn't see Captain Marvel, and I saw it, and it was whatever. And I'll probably feel the same way about Aquaman. I'm yeah. sure. Actually, it's, it's probably better than Captain Marvel, to be fair. Um, oh, so wait. So Ralph, uh, Ralph just texted me, and he goes, Why? "Today's the first day he's not swam, swam, swamp of work. He's like, it's the first Yankee game I'm watching this year, and it's a Triple A lineup. Yeah, because <laughs> of all the injuries. Did, didn't Gary Sanchez just Gary go on Sanchez the... is on the IL? Um, Dylan Potensis has a new complication with his shoulder, That's... so he's went in for more what's, testing. What's going? I last last I heard, Severino he had a setback, and, and he, went, he went back to another MRI. And it, no, he had opinion. a grade two lat strain, which is what um, yeah. Syndergaard had last year yeah. or two years ago, rather. That's rough, um, dude. And the lat strain takes a long time. They say six. Six weeks until he can start throwing again, which realistically means he wouldn't be back until after the All-Star break if everything goes according to plan. Which usually uh, it doesn't. No, of course not. You know who the best team in baseball is right now? Go ahead. The Seattle Mariners. What the hell? Mariners, man. They set the record for most home runs to open a season. They hit a home run in 15 consecutive games to open the season. Uh, that's after dumping Robinson Cano, Edwin Diaz, and James Paxton. And it looks like right now they made a right decision with James Paxton because he's exactly what I said he would be with the Yankees when Ralph yelled at me. Uh, I was so happy I witnessed that, He's a that, number dude. two. I'm like, dude, he's a three at Josh, best. He's probably a number four. I wish. I was sitting where you were at. I wish you witnessed that whole thing because I'm like, did you ever back, watch this guy pitch? I, I felt like I felt like a child, like a child, like where their parents were fighting, like really bad, and you're just like, okay, I'm gonna sit here. I'm yeah, I mean, it's back and forth. it's been an interesting season so far. Um, the the Rockies are off to a really poor start. The Rockies, who generally always lead the league and run scored, yeah, um, have gone 56 innings without scoring a run. Uh, or real fifty six inning without uh, having the lead in the game. Yeah, right, right, right. That's what it is. I was gonna say the one thing I've noticed too. I, I'm just because I'm I'm focusing most on the NL East. Yeah, honestly, of course, of course. The bullpen for every team isn't great. No, it's it's bad actually, and the Mets are finally looking like the bullpen is figuring it out. Which a little bit. I, so the thing with the Mets so far this year that uh, has been surprising is how good their offense is and how the pitching Yo, has been subpar. Pete Alonso has been historically Pete, great. He's been he's right now he's the obvious favorite for Rookie of the Year, and you know you got to wait and see how that balances out because rookies tend to fade down the stretch, which is why I think it's smart that they're randomly giving Dom Smith a start in the middle of the season. You keep his legs and he, fresh, and he, he's been playing well. The, the, ma- the major leagues, yeah, he's batting four thirty eight right now. Yeah, dude. Um, so what I generally think happens in these things when one part of a team that you thought was going to be bad is good and the other part is bad that you thought was going to be good, it evens out. And if that's the case, the Mets are fourth in the NL and runs scored right now, yeah. I think. They're scoring in a ridiculous... The Dude, other day, Josh, this- they had a game where they scored nine runs and they only had five hits and all of them were singles. That hadn't happened in the game since 1960 because uh, they walked ten times in a game after getting no hit until the fifth inning. I was going to say the one thing I'm noticing that I'm loving the most is that, you know, obviously the one thing I can't stand in most... In- any sport is the shift, and they're hitting against the shift, yes. which is absolutely going their the hitting approach way. has completely changed. And the other thing is, dude, for their patience, they're showing at the pay, uh, plate. They're fifth in the league at swinging at the first pitch, which I think is smart because with a team that is too patient, they get ahead 0-1. This is what the Mets have been the last few years. They look at the first two pitches, yep. and now they're behind 0-1, 0-2, and you're instantly you change your hitting philosophy instantly. You have to pull, you have to try and go the other way, and you completely eliminate your options for spreading the ball around the field. The, the, so far, the biggest takeaway. Ways I have of the season so far is that 
fucking um, I think Wheeler's going to figure it out. He Alon- was great last night. Mats has looked very good this year. Alonzo is going to be NL Rookie of the Year. I'm very confident in saying that. Um, I think Conforto could be in the running for Conforto NL has MVP. a shot at a batting title. He, dude, he's hitting unbelievable dude, right now. Yeah, I mean, his, his swing is so good, and he shouldn't be a dead pull hitter. Mm. He can when he has to be, but he goes the other way naturally. Yeah, and I think and I think it's no secret, but I think the key to the bullpen success rests solely on the shoulders of Seth Lugo. Absolutely, because, he because he's going to be the guy that when you need to give Familia and Diaz a day a off, yeah. he can go two innings like and he when, did last Dude, night. when Lugo is on, <laughs> he has one of the most disgusting breaking balls I've his ever seen. His curveball has though. the highest spin rate in recorded history. So, I'm actually happy you said spin rate. I watched a video today where Al Leiter was breaking down breaking balls. Oh, Al Leiter is fantastic. And dude. he's going with like Trevor Bauer, Clayton Kershaw, and he slows it down. And you see the spin rate. He goes, you could see the Wills or the Russell, whatever the hell it was, on the ball. Yeah. Like the lettering on the ball and the spin rate, how it's going, and how you go get a 12 to 6 or how you go from a, from a curveball to a, a knuckle slider. curve, a slurve. Yeah. It's it's amazing the breakdown of it. But yeah, dude, it's absolutely incredible. Once, it's a fun, dude, they're, they're once gonna, Noah fi- figures it out and really becomes that guy, he's he could be an he, ace he, on a the way, he, of other the way he pitched the other day, he was way better than his stat line showed. I agree. He, absolutely. He was cruising, and I think the the time on the bench after those last two innings, mm. he was on the bench for a total of 40 minutes between those two innings, which is not good for a no. pitcher. And I also think a lot of people need to calm down. DeGrom had a bad night, and yeah, a lot of people dude, blaming was, Travis Darno for no fucking reason. Dude, Darno's looked better throwing the ball to yeah. the running, throwing out runners than he had in, since he came up. I will say, Nito, I still think, is a better catcher than him, but uh, Darno is a better bat. He's a better overall player than Nito. I think Darno calls a better game. I That's, love the way yeah. Darno calls a game. I'm saying Nito was just completely lost at the plate. The thing every that time. Ramos did so well the other day His is speed he, of one. Well, well, yeah. In, in MLB the show, Josh Wilson Ramos's speed is one, and I'm like, wow, he's slow. And then I was playing against the Cardinals, and Yadier Molina was up, and he runs, and, and he's on the base, and it says speed zero. I'm like, <laughs> so does he just stand there? Like, and then I'm watching him run. I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Um, I saw a stat the other day that there's so many home runs being hit right now. <laughs> the league, the league set the record last year for most home runs hit in a season. They've set it almost every year over the last few. They're on pace right now for the whole collective major league teams to hit over 6,000 home runs. That's ridiculous, <laughs> And bro. usually this is when home runs don't fly because it's colder. Most of the teams are playing in colder climates a lot of right these, now. A lot of these balls are carrying the ball, out of the, out the, of the ball ballpark. is 100% juiced. It has, it has, to, has be. to be. I mean, there's guys that are hitting home runs that I'm like, who the fuck is hitting bombs like that? Dude, uh, Ahmed Rosario hit a home run the other day. But then Alonzo hit that one. Dude, Alonzo hit one Dude. the other day. I don't know if you saw the highlight on it. It's 118 <laughs> miles per hour off the bat. The only players since they've been recording home run Speeds since then that have faster are Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. I was just going to say, that doesn't sound that crazy. No, well, yeah, right. well, it does this year. Well, you, you, got, you got the two biggest boppers in the league. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the Wheeler pitched well last night. The last game I went to, I believe, was last weekend on Sunday. It was a day of WrestleMania. And I went to the game. I brought my buddy Marcus. He had, yo, he had never been to a baseball game. So, I'm like, it'll, it's a good day. Where's my uh, DeGrom bobblehead? Oh, dude, good luck. Did you get, get one? Kid? No, no. That place was packed. I, I was. I'm mostly I, fucking with you. Dude, I figured I, when you didn't told me you didn't get me one, I was dude, like this bitch. Dude, I, I would have. I would have had to gotten there. <laughs> I would have had uh, have to have gotten there like two hours in advance. Yeah, and, I know. And I got know. in line. I'm thinking about but, if I want to go to that Cindergard Game of Thrones one. I'm thinking about it. I'm I really want that. Thinking so about did you it. see that, Josh? No. They're uh, they're pull pull it up. You'll like this. But on anyway. the 27th. <laughs> Jaipin Syndergaard Game of Thrones bobblehead. Oh, I'm, I'm going to that game. Oh, are you? I am going to that game. I might, I might go with you. I got to see exactly I'm, where my I'm schedule. Going with, uh, my girlfriend and all her friends. Look are at going, that, Josh. So we're all right, doing it. Sick. Dude, we're yeah, all that's what they're going to give away to the first twenty-five thousand. So, so because he was in Game of Thrones last season. Yeah. 
I'm trying to figure out where. He was an extra in the battle oh, when um oh, okay. uh, what's it when Danny came with the the dragons and torched everyone. Dude, he looks like he would actually be from Game of Thrones. Honestly. Yeah, better than but, Ed Sheeran being in it. Horrible picture. Like, why would you put this picture? Yeah, right. Like, what sell is, your shit on eBay? I, hope, I wish it was all Colucci's but profile it, pictures <laughs> pixelated. So I so I went to the game on Sunday and, and Wheeler walked I think seven batters. Peterson walked five. It was absolutely they horrendous. They twelve batters that game Dude, in the first five innings. It was five. It was bottom of the sixth. It was twelve to one. I'm like, I go to my buddy Marcus. I go, listen, let's get out of here. We got shit. We got to do anyway. So we're on our way What'd back. What'd you eat at the game? Uh, nothing because it was just the lines were massive. Oh, you didn't it's get wow, wow, wow. Was it waffles? Remember the ice yeah, cream and waffles? Josh at City Field, they have an ice cream and waffle stand. Yeah. Oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, like I said, the lines were ridiculous. So we leave, we leave at uh, the bottom of the sixth inning, right after the Mets bat, and we're like, "Fuck this, this sucks." We're on our way back. We're listening to the game on the way back. Uh oh. Okay. Well, they were down nine. You left when they were down nine one. No, at, I, I left when they were down twelve one. And then they came back, and the final score was twelve nine. Twelve nine. So the the home run Conforto hit was. Landed two rows where I, away from where I was. Oh, uh, was there a kid that got the ball? You should have fucking trampled that Dude, little piece of shit. The <laughs> my, my buddy Marcus was like, he's like, I gotta get myself a ball. It's my first baseball game. Blah, blah, yeah, blah. right, dude. I've been to over like 250 games in my life. The closest I've ever come to a foul ball yeah. was two sections away. Right, <laughs> but like, I like it's just. I feel like I'm the kiss of death. The ones I haven't no, watched. No, that's me. Yeah. No, dude, the ones I haven't watched. Him. Well, him more so than yeah. anyone. Both our teams lost in the Super Bowl when he was there watching. Yeah. Ass. Well, Shame. technically, I wasn't. I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't there when the Shame. Falcons lost. Yeah. <laughs> I was good. Shame. The truth is, I was good luck when the Falcons were winning because I was there when they were winning. I left and they started losing. So me leaving was the kiss of death. <laughs> Either way, you still. Suck. Either way, I was involved in the kiss of death. But, Either way. Either yeah. Way. Either, way. Either way's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. All right. <laughs> um, I need you to pull up a trailer. Um, and play it through here. I told you about this trailer on our way to the the game. This movie looks hilarious. It's called um, The Dead Don't Die. Um, it's Adam Driver, Bill Murray. It's a zombie movie oh, you mentioned that this to looks me. Iggy Pop is in it. Play the trailer through here. I am super excited oh, for this one. Oh, you told me about this on opening day. Yeah, correct. You need Josh, did you see the trailer for this? No. This looks hilarious. Like funny funny? Or like zombie minute? land comedy, kind of. Dude, um, speaking of a movie they're making that, des- Land too. that they're deserved making it right now. a sequel more than any movie I've seen in a while was Josh, that one. you figured it out. Don't play the ad. Yeah, don't. Just <laughs> this guy looks like John Rocker and Aaron Rodgers well, had a shitty kid. With, it's easier with this than it was with the iPad because yeah. I just have toggles. Exactly. All right, go ahead and turn it up. This is called in The Dead Don't Die. Peaceful town. Centerville. On these Cop driving up to streets. a hotel. Something terrifying. Graveyard. All right. Something out. horrifying. Pet Cemetery? It's coming. Shaun of the Dead Excuse stuff. Excuse me, we're close. Get away from me! That's a Geek Pop. That's awesome. Is it really a yeah. Geek Pop? I just will say, you didn't have to dress up. It just looks like a Geek Pop. A wild animal. This Danny, is really Danny Glover. Maybe the worst thing I've ever seen. What was it, wild animals? So what are you thinking? I'm thinking zombies. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, the undead. Ghouls. <laughs> you look... Oh my! Dude, what am I? Are you in this together? Yep. Flesh-eating zombies. Don't joke. It's really, really creepy. Don't. Is that Steve This isn't gonna end well. <laughs> they gravitate towards things they did when they were alive. Chardonnay. <laughs> <laughs> Did she just say Chardonnay? <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> Dude, Tilda Swinton, Chloe, uh, whoever, Steve Buscemi, Danny Glover, that guy, Rosie Perez, Iggy Pop, Sarah Driver, Rizza, Yo, Selena Gomez, Carol Kane, oh, Tom Waits. Dude, this is amazing. This is all gonna end badly. 
myself. That's unfortunate. I'm quite confident of my ability to defend myself against the undead. I can see that. <laughs> Go. What? <laughs> Dude, this looks awesome, bro. Excuse me. <laughs> Dude, those are some pretty good cuts. You played some minor league ball, didn't you? Well, um, a little class A. It was a long time ago. <laughs> Dude, this looks awesome. I will name How it. funny does that movie look? I will crack up the whole Dude, time. Dude, think about how funny Shaun of the Dead was, and that looks like it's kind of going in the Shaun vein of, the of Shaun of the great. Dead. I can laugh my ass off at that every time. So that I'm excited for. It's called The Dead Don't Die. You guys should check out the trailer. Now, the next one we have to talk about, obviously, we got a big, big reveal yesterday. I know Josh and I were Dude, sitting there watching Star Wars I Celebration, creaming in our so pants. Bad. Me too. We're going to keep going. Uh, oh, after shit. this. Yeah, we got yeah. to take a piss break. Um, so, Star Wars Episode Nine trailer. Dude. Go ahead and play it. So it, I, I how had, beautiful so does the movie look? I had no idea they were even dropping anything. We're watching he, it right now. And like, and he sends it to me yesterday. I gotta say, just just from this right here, Ray is know. one of my all-time favorite characters. I think Ray's a great character in the entire. I love Daisy Ridley. Yeah. I like Luke voiceover on this. Generations. Dude, like this shot filmed in Jordan. The TIE Fighter coming, which that's clearly Kylo Ren in the TIE Fighter. I yeah. would think so, yeah. Yeah, it's his TIE Fighter. But this is your fight. Wow. There's an interesting theory behind this. All right, we'll explain after, because we can talk about this. You're gonna get, Dude, gonna, this shot movie. is so good. Practical effects. Well, that's... I was I was talking to the guys at work, like the the older guys that were around when like the first Star Wars came out, and a lot of them was like, I just never got into it. I go, listen... The, the way they do the effects now with well, these movies... The original ones were practical effects. The prequels were all CGI. Well, no, I, I'm and saying, this like... Is practical effects. I'm saying the way it looks. Like, you add in the CGI mixed with... Probably this is yeah. filmed on this location, set, obviously. This shot right here, her flipping over it. And then just that music gives me such chills still. I get caught in my childhood wonderment of Star Wars all over again. Yep. <coughs> now, just listen. Putting the mask back together. New droid. Lendo! Screaming. Screaming when I Wait, saw that. The saga comes to an end. This shot's cool with all of them battling. The Medal of Freedom. Carrie Fisher. Old stock footage. The Death Star remnants. Which I think that's Endor, actually. That looks like Endor. Wait. Here it is. <laughs> Dude, I fucking... I was in my desk. <laughs> And the title's awesome, The Rise of Skywalker. Yep. Like, and then uh, Ian McDermott out on stage at Star Wars Celebration. All right, so I don't know if you caught, um, when they show The Rise of Skywalker, they play um, Kylo Ren's music as a backdrop. Because he's a Skywalker. Hmm. It, it's a, they play ever so slightly his music. So is it possible that Luke is... Remember in The Last Jedi trailer, they teased you about Rey turning or whatever? Yeah. Um... Is it possible that this is going to be Ben's redemption story? Ben Solo's redemption story? I mean, and, I mean, my theory from the beginning of all of this with Rey has been that she's a clone or the child of Palpatine. Yeah. Um, and there's videos you can watch online of the side-by-side -side lightsabers, mm -hmm. and she does the same stabbing the way she fights. Mm -hmm. It would make sense why she's so natural with the, the Force. So not only that, so this is part of the theory, the, the, the opening part of the trailer when she's in the desert and Kylo's coming at her with the uh, TIE fighter. A lot of people theorizing that they're training together. 
That's possible. That's a good idea. And, that's and, and a lot of people have pointed out that when she jumps over the TIE fighter, it's the same exact type of jump that Palpatine jumped in his office over the Jedi. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Wow, you're absolutely right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, there. I mean, uh, I'm getting to the point now where I'm going to start going to the all the fan theory stuff on YouTube yeah, watching those videos for time. hours. Yeah. Every time a new movie comes out, I'm on Star Wars Theory just diving through them because they go through the canon, the EU, everything. Yeah. Um, uh, I think... I, I think it's a great idea. I listen. I'm always going to defend the Last Jedi, and I, I, I want to go back to saying that the majority of Star Wars fans are complete shitheads. Oh yeah. Um, like the people that hated the Last Jedi are like, oh, good, they're uh, bringing back to the death of the Dark Jedi, sucked uh, social justice wars, and the people My, that love the Last Jedi are now shitting on this because oh, now they're just going to forget everything the Last Jedi did. No, they can be independent properties that tie into each other. Yeah. It, it's uh, the deconstruction of the past in the previous one I thought was the right idea because the, the biggest knock on Force Awakens that people had is like, oh, it's a new hope, which it was, well, and I'm it fine is. with that. Yeah. I think it was the right idea to introduce it to a whole new generation. Yeah. I think that's the smartest thing to do. And, um, you know, you bring back Billy D. Williams in the Millennium Falcon. I, and, I love it. Yes. I mean, anytime <laughs> you can have Billy D. Williams in anything. Colt 45. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Number one, never run out of Colt 45. Number two, never forget rule number one. <laughs> Creepy commercial. Dude, he's such a. They sold him just a regular can. He's such yeah, for a forty of Colt forty five, dude. Hell yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> Billy D. Williams, one of the coolest motherfuckers, and Man. having him back in it, um, I'm super excited. I think it's, I think that's perfect. It has. A, I mean, I'm not trying to compare apples to oranges, but like it has a very like Return of the Jedi well, feel. They, like when Lando gets behind. J.J. Abrams said that know. this one is going to tie in. All the trilogies, mm -hmm. the prequel trilogy, the original so. trilogy, Good. and this one, which I think is the right thing to do. Um, I think there, especially if this is supposed to be the last of the Skywalker saga. Yeah. Now, do you think that there is a possibility here that it ends with Rey killing, you know, Kylo and Palpatine, whatever he is now, and it ends up her being on the dark side? And now, while they say it, it is technically the end of the Skywalker saga. But then a few years from now, they go in, into the future, and she is like the reigning Sith Lord. Because I don't feel like this is going to close off these characters at all, no. right? Uh, you know, with the way that these franchises run now, you know, how many times has Robert Downey Jr. appeared as Iron Man? Oh, you know, how the many most times... of any of the characters besides like uh, Samuel Jackson, probably. Mm -hmm. How many times has uh, Scarlett Johansson appeared as uh, Natasha Romanoff? Yeah, exactly. People don't stick around in these types of movies for three films and then... They're, yeah, they're exactly. Out. Especially when of something when of this cash, magnitude. When they're cash cows. Yeah. Dude, the, the amount of money that this this series generates is astronomical. Oh, I mean, it's everything uh, they it's do with it. astronomical, I mean, they dude. just announced for Disney Plus this week all this... It's gonna, I'm, I'm super pumped about Disney Plus, by the way. Six ninety nine. Oh, yeah. It's going to have every Listen. Star Wars, every MCU movie. It's going to have The Mandalorian. Listen, it's going to have... Every episode of The Simpsons. So, the Simpsons. Dude, every episode so, of The Simpsons. All the Simpsons shorts from the Tracy Ullman show. The Simpsons movie. Dude, mm -hmm. so... So Disney, I, I'm very much involved in the stock market. Disney's Disney stock closed Ooh, yesterday. At, no, Disney stock closed Thursday at 116. They announced Disney Plus. It jumps to 140 dollars. Stock fucking drop because they raised their prices, bro. Yeah, Which, dude, I uh, got but, a fucking email the other day. Oh, hey, just 17.99. Uh, well, well, depending, on, depending on the plan you have, mine went up to twelve ninety nine because I only have the two device plan. I have the uh, I have the four K plan. Oh, okay, yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. But here's the thing: like the majority of people see that Netflix raises their prices, and I just went. 
I, mean, I don't a, care. I'm not going to stop paying for true. it. No, that's because yeah. you don't have cable. You use yeah. what? I use Sling TV, and even that I want to get rid of. The only thing that we watch on on the Sling TV is uh, is Raw SmackDown and live uh, sports. Live and, sports. That's it. No, not even that. I don't have time to watch live sports anymore. Well, what about Wife Two? She watches the Yankees. Not really. All right, well, fuck her then. You know, and I listen, to, and I listen, to, and as much as I hate it, I listen to the radio broadcast. Like, True. If I'm, if True. I'm, the radio broadcast. If is I'm fine. paying, if I'm following the Yankees, I'm I'm listening on the radio. I'm never okay. watching on TV. Yeah, because I think I'm going to dump my cable package soon and probably get Sling. But I need SNY. Yeah. Um, yeah. And some other things. I know mm-hmm. there's other ones beyond Sling that are supposed to be pretty good too. YouTube TV is pretty good. What is it? Well, YouTube, YouTube TV. Do they have SNY? I don't know. I'm pretty sure well, they, they do. Don't advertise things to me unless no, you know. No, You're I'm just telling you that it's no, out there. You don't, it's have, to yell at me. You don't have to yell at me. No, I'm almost positive because my, my buddy has uh, YouTube TV, and there was one that I went over there to like hang out or whatever, and we watched the Met game. Oh, okay. So I'm almost yeah, positive. Yeah, I'm going gonna to switch to something like that soon. I, well, need, I need Bravo for the landlord. Well, I need SNY. Well, and then it, you can, as long as I can get the live sports, I want SNY. Well, I want yes. Yeah. Well, especially moving in, into my, my, like, my own place. Now I'm like trying to find the right cable package. I just got to find – I just need high-speed internet. That's all I really need. So I'm going to get that. And I just get the basic cable package. I literally called him. I said, "Listen, I need SNY, I need ESPN, kinda, and I need Fox. I need like the basic, the yeah. basic of the basic channels. That's you know, what I need." You know what I'm thinking about doing? You know, for somebody like me that just Killing doesn't yourself. really, oh you know, yeah, Come that's on. that's one of the things. For for somebody like me that doesn't really watch sports on TV anymore. You know, I'm exploring he just watches Twitter videos. I'm exploring and the idea. No, I mean it's true. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I exploring. I'm exploring the idea of completely cutting out a traditional cable package. So they're like three shows that I watch, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't HBO doesn't matter because I have HBO go through, yeah. you know, my parents' subscription. Sure. Um, you know, I watch The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Into the Badlands. <laughs> Into the Badlands. And, and that's really it. Yeah. You know, if you can't get a, a show on um, on Amazon Prime or if it's not available on Netflix and if it's something that you need to watch right away... There's illegal it, streams you could find very easily no, on browsers. That, you, could, you could buy the season... On iTunes, and or as, it, as, as it comes like out, the bucks. second it goes live, you so can watch about it. it right? You spent sixty bucks right up front for one of the maybe, if you're like me, one of the three shows that you watch all True. year, and you break that down by month, you're paying like six bucks a yeah, month. Yeah, you know the truth. I think the hardest reason um, for me that I've I haven't gotten rid of cable yet is because like when I'm laying down, I like just putting on like uh, TV Land mm-hmm. when they're playing like old sitcoms, like oh, yeah. King of Queens or Everybody Loves See, Raymond and or Seinfeld. That's or what something. I do with Netflix. I just yeah. throw the I put Netflix on and I either throw on The Office or Parks and Recreation. And the thing I do now is I watch, but the thing is, like a lot of me. these, a lot of these, like one of my favorite things to fall asleep to is like historical documentaries. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you have to have a cable subscription to get AHC or History Channel or something. But if I get Sling, then it's kind of, or something like Sling. There's one that a bunch of my friends use called Vader TV that's supposed to be fantastic. Yeah. that has like 1,700 channels yeah. on it, and it's actually relatively inexpensive. Um, so I'm probably gonna convert to that and Judaism in the near future. <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> like when Danny McBride uh, converted yes. the, the you should convert Muslim being gay. or Islam. I, I already am. Uh, there's no <laughs> conversion there. Um, I, oh, Josh, on YouTube right now, I don't know if you saw this the other day. You said you don't watch live sports. Marcelo Zuna made a spectacular catch the other day. Did you see this? No, Type in Marcelo Zuna catch. Um, Marcel. It's M-A-R-C-E-L-O-Z-U-N-A. Catch. This is spectacular. Let me tell you which video it is. Um, sure uh, go few. to the top one, yeah. Our Ozuna's catch attempt goes a wire. This is wonderful. It's a, a array, array, not a wire. There's no I in there. It's called a wire. It's yeah. a rye. Right. I call it a- oh yeah, we you're right. Why did wrong. I say yeah? I guess a wire works too, though. Not it really. kind of does. I like it. I like yeah. it. Either way, a rye. Go with it. Go with it. I don't like it. the way that's spelt. 
Yeah, it looks like it should be all, the ad, uh, that's it. me. Is Ozuna's catch goes Ulri. All right, check this out. So, <laughs> all right. Pitch. Bomb, right? Who was that, Bellinger? No, oh he my god, left. look. He's going to get it. Back scales the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go over the face, but you got to see the replay. This guy. <laughs> Turned into a ground rule bubble. He, he, he thought this ball was hit like 650 feet. He climbs the wall, and then it drops in front of the warning track. But before it drops, he starts to realize that, so he jumps down, and he face plants hard. Dude, that's, that's, that's one of the most genuine oh shit moments I've seen yeah, in a while. I need to see the replay again. I must have watched this after it happened the other day. Ten times in a row and just giggled. Dude, he hit he hit so Dude, hard. Look at this. So he's like, alright, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it. Spectacular catch. Scales the wall like King Griffey Jr. Oh shit. I got it. <laughs> Yo, he hit so hard. Ow, dude. Dude, this is so funny. Look, he's not even looking at the ball. He's, just, he's like, look, I'm even, even the pitch, the like, relievers are like, what is he looking at? Oh, shit. Look at this guy laughing. Look, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, dude. That, yo, that, that hurt my shoulder just watching that. What a that. stupid Ow. jerk. <laughs> All right, you That's can amazing. Kill. That shit's funny. Um, you want to go into a... Yeah, let's do last word, because we can wrap. Wait, wait, wait. What do you want to do? I was going to say, I mean, if you wanted to cover TJ Dillashaw. Oh, TJ Dillashaw, yeah. Um, Josh, are you familiar with what's going on with TJ Dillashaw, former UFC bantamweight champion? No. So he's, um, he, was form he actually was the bantamweight champion. He relinquished the title two weeks ago after USADA found um, uh, a, a miss, uh, I guess a, a positive in his drug testing. Yeah. Um, he relinquished a title despite saying, I don't know what I took. And you don't relinquish a title when you can get these, look at John Jones, unless you know you did something guilty. And it comes out that he tested positive for EPO. And EPO is like a highly injectable steroid that that's what Lance Armstrong was on. That's what bikers take. And it's also one of the most dangerous because it, it basically makes your blood thicker and it causes people to have strokes if they're not taking it right. Yeah. So he got a two-year suspension. Um, and he was taking like the highest end of drugs you could possibly take like, designer steroids designer and steroids he's not taking like just basic like you know the bottle comes something. with a Gucci logo no it's an, it. it's an injectable it's like an injectable steroid this is like some serious shit no I'm saying like, and, the, like the bottle comes in it's got, and like, this uh, is the guy that um, had the big falling out with Team Alpha Male Uriah Faber Cody Garbrandt and they all talked about like he's the one that told us how to do steroids they, they, and he denied it and saying, I, like, like how he is a, a snake in the grass and, and if you looked like I mean when you look at his body the way he was built one of the biggest giveaways about people on steroids is they get very, very hard nipples all the time. Like, dead serious. It lo it's a certain look. It's just and funny, like, that that's, like, a telltale sign of Yeah, yeah. and um, so now Dillashaw, this guy that built up all this goodwill because people didn't like Cody, myself included. I still Me think too. Cody's a I shithead. Think all, yeah, all of us were um, like that. And now he's been proven that Cody was the good guy in this situation. That, like I said, that's the part that bums me out, is that, like, it just it just verifies everything. Cody, Uriah, and even what Conor McGregor Conor McGregor. Said Conor was having a, a back and forth with Cody about it. He's like, you called it a long time ago and you were smart about staying away from him because I, I, I said he was a snake in the grass I, I may not I may dislike Cody uh, entirely but I will say the one admirable he's very thing, real he's not fake he, TJ's very fake he is very he's loyal to a fault yeah, you know what I mean that's, like, that's he's a lot talking, of the alpha like, male guys you know like he, uh, what the hell's his name um, my, my guy I can't remember his name I met him at the UFC oh touchy, um, Andre, uh, uh, Andre Andre Touchy Feely Andre Touchy Feely one of my yeah. favorite nicknames in football ever was um, AJ Touchy feely, <laughs> <laughs> former Dolphins. T.J. Hushmanzada, you say Hushmanzada. Oh, no, fuck Chris <laughs> Berman stunk. <laughs> back, 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 back. My dad died. 
<laughs> that's literally why he didn't do the home run derby, and I was so grateful. That would be annoying. He, why did they have him cover baseball ever? Why did they have, come, have him cover anything? Uh, he's remember a closet when, Bills when, fan <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. Remember when Pac-Man Jones used to be like crazy? That was funny. I didn't mind the like some of the nicknames he came up with. But every time, every fucking time, the guy got a touchdown. He did it. It's like stop. Yeah, he had. There were some oh. nicknames that really made me laugh. So, so, speaking of that, so we we touched on John Sterling last time, dude. I heard another Sterling call that drove me up a wall. Oh, it was like, uh, oh, what the hell was it? So, uh, so my homie, whatever. Oh, who was it again? Um, uh, Romy. Romy, my homie. What? John, you don't look like you've ever oh said that word. Oh my goodness gracious! You don't look like you've ever said that word before. Austin Romine takes the duo pitch over the center field wall. Well, like know. fucking, he'll do do his thing. He's in the middle of a fucking anecdote that has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> well, you know, Susan, when we were down in Florida, yeah, John, training, and uh, I was on my way to George Steinbrenner Field one day, and oh my god, oh it my is high, god. it is far, it is. At the warning track. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's so uh, anticlimactic it every wild. time. It is a foul ball. <laughs> yeah, John, he really got underneath that one. It was a hanging breaking ball that he drove, but he was just a little out in front of it, John. Dude, like, oh Roll my god. me my homie, dude. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, all the dramatic things. Roger Clemens and George Steinbrenner's box. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking mushmouth idiot. Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit, Andy Pettit. Oh my god, dude, the, the amount of people, she cried when Joe Torre left. This is a man I went through cancer with. Did ya? With? Yeah. Went That's how she talks. Ah, oh, fucking her Pete Rose hair. <laughs> I hate her. She like Mo from the Three she, Stooges. She has the haircut where you take a salad bowl and you put it on her head and you're like, all right, just scissors around. That's her fucking hair. She stinks. If you look at her, she's like, yo, is that Lloyd Christmas or Susan Waldman? Dude, the thing that, it, Josh, you are like this, but the Yankee fans like, yeah, well, Mets are, yeah, Mets are dealing with these injuries. I'm like, you mean like every fucking year? <laughs> like the fact that we don't, the people hurt right now are simply Knockwood, Jed Lowry, and Todd Frazier is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like we usually come into the season missing like two top guys, which yeah. I mean, it's Cespit as you are, but like, I'm like, this Cespedes is, this has not been on the back of milk is, cartons a, for a while This now. is a normal Mets season that the Yankees are having right now, and I'm still confident the Yankees will figure it out. Yep. They're going to hit home runs in that ballpark, but right now, I mean, when people are like, can you believe, like, be like, oh my God, Tulowitzki's injured. No shit. Yeah, right? I'm like, dude, and I, that was the thing that was such a double standard when the Yankees signed him. People were like, oh, it's a great low-risk signing. If the Mets make the same signing, signing an injury-prone old player, <laughs> yeah, right. and he's going to suck. And then when he gets hurt, see, we told you the Mets were going to do this. Dude, you and know like, what? what did you think was going to happen with Troy Tulowitzki, who hasn't been a good player since he left Colorado? He's barely been Toronto, serviceable. Bro. Yeah, he went to Colorado to Toronto, and he completely was an average player and then yeah. he started and he was getting hurt in Colorado at the end yeah, too dude you know I, I'm I'm fully I know you don't agree with me but I'm fully of the mindset that if you're gonna bring somebody in why not just be the Yankees and fucking bring in uh Keiko no what's his fucking Kimbrel no the fucking jerk off that was on the O's Machado Machado but the thing is like I again Actually, yeah it's, it's looking like if you would have signed it, a big it, bat it could have helped it, it right about been, now. but again I mean then you could you could have traded Andujar for a pitcher but his medicals would have come back bad because his shoulder wasn't just suddenly hurt I will yeah. say silver and, lining Torres is playing amazing right now yeah Torres is playing great which you could have expected but again they thought they were getting it away with their only pitching upgrade 
being Paxton. James Paxton. And it wasn't a fucking upgrade. I said they let he, Sonny dude, Gray go, and they fucking signed Sonny that, Gray. Isn't that exactly what I said? Yes, I'm like, exactly his numbers before the Yankees are identical to Sonny Gray's. He is a good number three at best. Mm-hmm. He can pitch it as a number two for stretches, but at the end of the season, he's gonna, his numbers are going to look like a three or a four. Word for word out of Ralph's mouth. Paxton is not a number four. I'm like, just because <laughs> it, everyone, the, the media out here especially... Um, really hypes up almost any move the Yankees make, well, yeah. mm-hmm. and for, rightfully so. I mean, they've missed the playoffs what three times, to- two times in the last twenty years yeah. or something. The first year with Girardi, and then last or the fr- last year with Girardi, they made no, no, not the last year. No, no, because the last year was when they uh... they got to no, they got one game from the World Series last year, yeah. Girardi. Then they yeah. fired him. So the previous season mm-hmm. they missed the playoffs, right which, before Judge which came. Which to up. me, just. What a fucking piss poor management decision. Boone, ha- Boone to me seems completely. He has no ap- idea what the fuck well, he's even, doing. Even he's more than last year, year because now that you can't pull the strings uh, as much because not everyone's healthy and you have to actually do some managing. He and been he lost. doesn't have someone on the bench like Mickey Calloway has with Jim Riggleman, who yep. is a very experienced manager and an actual baseball guy. Yeah. Boone is not cut out for this kind of game. No, he's not. And Girardi was the perfect guy for this sure. team. Oh, they yep. let him go because he couldn't get along with Gary Sanchez. Can I ask you Gary no- Sanchez is a fucking asshole. And he's, and he's, he dude, fucking sucks. He's one of the worst defensive catchers I've seen. Three throwing errors in the first five, six games. That's a lot. Now, I have another Yankees question for you, Josh, being a fan. Go ahead. Why is everyone nicknamed with a Y at the end? Yeah. That's a Girardi thing. That is a Girardi thing. But why, but I think that, like, why are they calling Miguel Andujar Miggy? That is not cool. Uh, no, no, it's not cool. It's, it's not like, cool. dude, that's like, not. just call someone else the kid. Yeah. Like, let's, um, okay, you know what? We're doing it. Pete Alonso's the babe. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He's the great Bambino now. You can't just give nicknames for you Hall of it? Fame no, players. To, uh, no, because I'm not a cunt. No, I know you're saying it. If and you want to do like, it, I'll do it. I'm like, well, Miggy could be a nickname for Miguel Andujar. Miguel, sure. But Miggy. In baseball, it's Miggy is Miggy. Miguel Cabrera. Mig- Miggy is Miggy. Like you call Mike Trout Mike Fish. Yeah. Like Mike you know, Fish. Like that's what they that's what the Angels fans call him. And yeah. because Yankee Mike fans, Trout, uh, the majority of Yankee fans are so programmed to only accept what the Yankees PR and media tell them, uh, it's fine. Yeah. And just give it Sevy and uh, yeah. Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Guardy, you know what? And Tori, they called uh, Torres sometimes. You know, you know what? Yeah, I really like, think nah. Glaby, I've heard them call him that's, too. That that is reaching. Oh, what they call a uh, Voidy or Luke? They, they'll say Lukey sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for what's it, B- Birdie? Why does a Y on everything? I don't know. And I don't. The I don't subscribe like, to Why do they have to give nicknames like the Dark Knight and you the Grominator? <laughs> Shut up! I don't. I don't subscribe to the. They were great uh, pitchers when they had the, those nicknames. It's also creative. That's just a Y. Um. I, I'm okay with Sevy. I call him Sevy. Fu- that doesn't bother me. Even Guardy works, but like just well, Guardy's also been there for so long. Yeah, Guardy's so the longest tenured one. Yeah. Like I'm fine. He's earned that respect. Mm-hmm. But to call put some someone, respect on his name. Put some call someone Miggy when he's the la- the last triple crown winner, mm-hmm. and he was the first one since Carl Shemsky yeah. won it. And he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's probably going to end up with three thousand hits in his career. More than likely. And he's one of and he's still playing. One of the all time greats. Ten years removed, even that. There's a, here's a great example. Albert Pujols' nickname is El Hombre, the man in yep. Spanish. He hated that nickname. They actually put a sign up in St. Louis that said El Hombre, and he demanded they took it down because Stan Musial, one of the greatest players ever, the greatest Cardinal of all time, was nicknamed the man, Stan the Man Musial. So, and he, did, he didn't want that because he's like, that's not fair to one of the greats that came before me. So and he's yeah. absolutely so right. So what that is is that a lot of players in any across any sport, just they, they lack respect for the history of their game. And that's fans, just and, fans uh, more so, I think. Well, I mean, the the players too, to to an extent, sure. you know. But uh, that's, well, that's, that's, that's just that's just Frazier wanted Mickey Mantle's number. When that's he came the stupidest up. thing. I'm like, cut your hair, dog. You look dude, dumb. 
Dude, I also think the Yankees need to get rid of their fucking beard policy. Yeah, dude. That to so me stupid. is Grow the up. dumbest thing. I had a conversation with Ralph about this, and he's like, well, I like it because it's like a team bonding thing. I'm like, what do you no, mean? it's not. I'm like, who's ever looked at someone have like, actively Taylor, not have, we, signed. have any of us three looked at each other like, beards. Dude, I, like, <laughs> listen, listen, and here's the, here's the truth, right? And if, if there's any point in time, when I was going for a job and they said, you have to shave your beard, I didn't take that fucking job because yeah. this, is, this is part you, of me. But you consciously I've, made the decision. I've had this but beard if it, since but I was But say the job grade. offered you $500,000 a then year. Then I'm going to cut it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was saying this But no about, job's going to offer me 500 okay, grand, so, so I'm going to keep my fucking beard. Here's my problem, my biggest hypocrisy with the Yankees beard policy. Remember when Giambi grew the mustache yeah. and it was a marketing thing? Mm-hmm. What's up with that? You got, okay, you're telling me that if Mike Trout said, hey, I'll come to the Yankees, but I want to have a beard, that they're going to say no to him over a beard? No. Fuck no. The second they can get a great player that says they won't shave their beard, then they're going to suddenly dump this archaic policy. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. I like tradition. I think the that old, it's no great that the Yankees don't have names on the back of the jerseys. I was jerseys. just about to say I like that. the teams that don't do that. Because to me, that signifies team more than individual. Yeah. Beard, not shaving your beard, or uh, not having beards, that doesn't signify team unity to me. Because unless you're all sitting there, all right, guys, it's 5 a.m., shave them off. Oh, uh, before you know, before I offend everyone, what are they, beard Nazis? Like, Yeah, exactly. You on. can't say Nazi. Ooh. All right, you guys want to do some uh, final words? Last word? Yeah, final all words. Right. Uh, who's, who's up first? I guess I'll go first. Go I'll it. make it quick. So on Twitter, I think it was a couple days ago, a good buddy of mine, Andrew Pecoraro from Pex Metal Picks. Check out his show. He's great as far as all metal reviews. Um, he got into a little bit of a spiff with, with AOC. With, no. no that, 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 Different that was, story. That, that was me. Did you delete that tweet? I'm, I'm going to. Yeah. <laughs> but he anyway, made a tweet towards AOC. It was like, big mistake. Yeah. Did you get any replies on it? No, I'm, I'm surprised not. I guess you could leave it up. It's yeah. just, it's you never know with these people. Well, find I, I, it wasn't a political view. It was more or less making You're an observation an of her being on, a jerk. But anyway, so uh, my buddy Andrew, like I said, Andrew Pickerall got into a bit of a spiff um, with the band The Word Alive and also Ronnie Radke of Falling in Reverse. So The Word Alive is going on 10 years uh, ten years as a band, so they went on their 10th anniversary tour. Not for an album. Usually for album, usually they'll do a 10th anniversary tour for an album. Silverstein did it for, uh, what, Ship? No, what's the one before that? Discovering uh, the Waterfront. Discovering the Waterfront. That's the one we went to when you got kicked in the face. Yeah. So a, a lot of bands will do that. The Word Alive is like, nah, we're going to do 10 years as a band, which is kind which of... Is dis- what Silverstein's doing this year. They're doing 10 years of albums, I think? Or- yeah. Yeah. Right. But The Word Alive is not nearly on the same pedestal as Silverstein. No, of course The not. Word Alive has really gone down since, since their album Dark Matter, but that's a whole other point. So Andrew calls him out. Next thing you know, the lead singer of The Word Alive, Telly Smith, is start going back at Andrew. Andrew has a very very big following of making reviews, honest reviews, you know what I mean? And he's not attacking anyone. Like he, honest trailers. Yes, exactly. But he, but he's very much, he's it's very much he's critiquing in a way that is constructive as it's opposed called, to it's bashing being, on it. It's called, uh, if you're in the art field, whether it's music or movies or art, you have to be able to take criticism. Listen, and also, he's, he's a very good buddy of mine, so I very much stand behind him. And then in comes Telly telling him he's an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about, the, 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 the set list is voted on by the fans, blah, blah, blah. Andrew's whole take on it is because the Word Alive is still around making not great music, and they're taking up a spot where a younger band should be taking the, that mantle. Sure. It's the Word Alive taking the spot. Now, Ronnie Radke of Falling Underverse then decides to chime in. To be fair, he's the only one that stands up to people, mm-hmm. and when everyone else is normally quiet, and Ronnie starts going at this other guy, ARTV, also known for his YouTube reviews, my buddy Andrew. But now Ronnie's like, I'm going to punch you in the face the next time I see you. Ron- Ronnie, How old are these guys that are doing tough guy shit on social media? Ronnie's in his 30s. You're a 30-year-old man doing tough guy shit Tally's, on social media because someone doesn't like what you said? Tally's in his 30s. Well, the big thing is because Falling in Reverse put out a new song with Corey Taylor on it, and it's not that great. That's just my whole point on okay. it. Okay. And it's it annoys me that... 
when you're an artist and you can't take con- uh, c- uh, criticism all that well, when you have to, I'm I'm all for interacting with with your fans on Twitter, but I'm all for block having, out the negative shit, dude. having a conversation. It's not like Andrew or just went ignore out of the his... things that some fucking irrelevant. Let's let's be fair in yeah. the grand scheme of things, a relevant person that you'll never see more than likely. Yeah, like. Um, there's something the the Imagine Dragons thing a few weeks ago. Exactly. Where, and Foster the People just issued an apology about it, which I'm like, get the fuck out. That's such all, a fucking First of all, Foster the People can fuck off. They stole album art from every time I die, but that's a different yes. story. But anyway, the whole point is is that I, I don't see the need for having to go at someone who's reviewing, not to mention Andrew is very respected in that regard. He's known because for being he don't, incredibly because he disagrees fair. with your t- your take on he's your own music. He's known for being very fair, and he's calling out the truth. The world I he is also shouldn't up- have to be fair if he doesn't want to be. He should be allowed to say what he wants, and these millionaires, these successful musicians and bands, should be able to take it. If you can't take it, you are in the wrong field, dude. I listen. I completely agree, and like I said, I just I very much stand behind Andrew in that regard. He's very fair. He doesn't like you said. I don't you're right. Even- he doesn't have to be, and I've talked to him. I talked to him about this, and I go, dude, it's literally crazy how quick this blew up, and the the amount of trolls that are going at him, calling him a pussy boy. You should grow up because it's yeah. just another grown man critiquing another grown man. I think everyone needs to Bye, calm the hell down. Have fun. Bye, landlord. I think everyone needs to calm down and realize that he's doing like he's doing his job, and if he he, he it's disingenuous for him to do it. If he can't do his job well, if he can't be hundred percent authentic, it. then so uh, take it for as is, and, or don't listen to it if you don't like Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it's simple as that. All so right. that's bullshit. Josh, you have okay. one. Uh, so I know you had a good time, but is there any reason that WrestleMania needs to be seven and a half hours long and I approach a second calendar? As day? someone who hasn't watched in a while, and I be, being to one and watch, Dude, no, I, it's too long. I got so much fatigue from sitting there and watching. Now, I initially, my first reaction after it was over was this was a bad WrestleMania. It's the best WrestleMania they've done. It was the best one since 30. I I read read your whole thread, Going back after it and thinking about it, I have to take that back saying that it was bad. It was not bad. It was There was only one match that the crowd was dead for, and that was Triple H Batista. Yeah. And from what I understand, people I know that watch it on TV, they said it played way better on TV than it did. But it was the second longest match, and both of them were blown up after 10 minutes. Yeah. You could have done that match in 15 minutes. For me, the Hogan thing at the very beginning was just fucking a stupid stuff. No, it was great. Are you um, kidding? That, I, dude, I thought it was so fucking dumb. No. no. He comes out and he makes fun of himself for saying the wrong fucking name. And then he says the wrong name. And then he says the wrong fucking name. Dude, if you were there, if you were there, you would have been marking out. You would have been marking out if you were there and so I heard Hogan's music hit 100%. You know I, you're, you're probably right. You're probably right. But <laughs> yeah, you want to know what you would have hated live was The Miz and Shane. You want to know why? Why? I like the match. Where we were sitting, the angle of... No, we could see it. The angle of the finish off the scaffolding, it looked like they landed on a fucking cloud. It was the softest padding, so the end... They, they, it, you lose the smoke and mirrors live yeah. of a spot like that because you could see how soft the landing is. But I liked the match before that. Yeah. I thought it was well done. I agree in principle that the seven hours is too long. It is too long. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about we got there at like 1.32 mm-hmm. and we didn't get home until about 2.30 a.m. I also yeah. heard what a mess New Jersey Transit was for everyone yeah, getting and out. And, and Phil Murphy's trying to blame WWE. No, Fuck you're him. an asshole. You're, you Surprised just, they didn't call a fucking state of emergency think, you, over yeah, right? he, said, he said WWE... But not during the snowstorm. It shut down the state. The state said that... WWE told them it ended at 10.30. Bullshit. Wrong. Bullshit. Wrong. They would ever 100% it. wrong. No. Um, I, wrong I, doesn't I, so, fucking end So this, is the, this is the no, problem. This is the problem. The reason that they have to make it a seven-hour show is because of the amount of talent they have on there. It's not like back when we were WrestleMania 17, the best 17, best WrestleMania ever, when it was easy to put the best guys on the card. Mm-hmm. Everyone could be looked at as the best guy. Almost yeah. all these people are capable of putting on a great match. The first match of the, pre, uh, the pre-show the pre was...
was the tag team title match, or no, the cruiserweight match, fantastic. The yeah. tag team title match where Riders and Ryder and Hawkins won, fantastic. Dump the battle royals. Yeah. Sorry, you could do Don't the, ba- need it. the yeah, battle. Don't Wonder where they should do the battle, battle royal. royal. Well, Dude, this is where they should do the battle royal. Do it in the fucking parking lot. Set up a ring in the yeah, parking dude. lot where the fans can party make, and tailgate. Dude, make yeah. make it make and it, put it make on it, the network dude. and people could choose if they want to watch dude, it. Dude, make make it that indie feel. That's what yeah. make it even and cooler. The, the SNL guys were really funny. He comes out wearing a Odell Beckham Browns jersey, <laughs> yeah, which was great. Dude, I, I tweeted about as soon as he walked out. I go, Colin Jost is a top. He heel. played that yeah. role. Perfectly, and I will say that great um, weekend this is my third WrestleMania, and at WrestleMania 29, by the end of it, I was exhausted. Yeah. By the end of 32, 30, I was exhausted. 32, when we went to in Texas, I was exhausted about halfway through. This one, I thought, being there live, the pacing of the match, and maybe the crowd was just better because it's New York. The only match that the crowd was dead for was the Triple H Batista match. Yeah. Everyone got you could tell people were tired towards the end, mm-hmm. but the energy picked right back. It was going to be really hard maybe to top AJ well, and Kofi. Maybe it just didn't play well. I, I, on well, TV I also think I felt like I heard Ryan, no crowd I think, noise I think the other the problem event. is a stadium versus a dome. The yeah. sound escapes. And that's what Chris Jericho even said that. Like, doing it in a stadium is very hard because we can't feel how into the crowd is. Yeah. Um, because the sound we're getting is the mic- mic'd up mats. Yeah. So that's all coming into them. It's hard because so much sound is escaping from the top. Yeah. During, remember how loud it was at 29 during Punk and Taker? When Taker had, or Punk had Taker in the Anaconda Vice mm-hmm. and Taker did his sit up while locked into it and stared at him. The building was like shaking almost. Yeah. AJ Kofi was 10 times louder than that. I couldn't hear myself think. And literally, I felt the ground AJ rumbling. Uh, not AJ, Daniel Bryan Kofi. Yeah. Was, and it was an unbelievable match. That was, It was going to be hard for anything to top that. And I thought the thing I did well was have a squash match right after. Because yeah. so, it was going to be impossible to follow that up. But they also fucked up there in AJ and Orton where half the crowd got blinded by a light. Did you see that? I saw, yeah. They had some spotlight on the cage that they didn't realize was on the crowd. And half the crowd couldn't see it. It was a good match too, AJ, yeah. Uh, yeah. AJ and Orton. Now usually don't like Orton. Um, I think uh, you're generally right. I think the reason it worked live is because they actually did give the fans everything they wanted. Yeah. How many times? Seven title changes? That's a lot. Pretty much all the baby faces won except fucking eight, uh, Sasha Banks and I heard, Bailey. I saw this. I heard and now they're, that. Did you hear they were having temper tantrums about this, Josh? Yeah, I heard. I'm tired. I've been tired of them. Sasha mm-hmm. Banks with their self-entitled attitude and now Bailey do it. Bailey, you absolutely suck. Mm-hmm. But I actually like Bailey more than Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks' attitude has been poor for years. Mm-hmm. She's so self-entitled and I understand being unhappy that you thought you were going to be the one to establish the women's tag team titles. Your gimmick sucks. Yeah. The Iconics, the Iconics are so much better. They're, they're, they they're look so much that, more Peyton entertaining. Royce and Billy Kay. Dude, I love the irritating. They're annoying. Yeah, it's, dude. It, they're great heels. Mm-hmm. And it's, but I agree overall that seven hours is too long. Like uh, the landlord came and she was like. This could have ended at 11. I'm like, yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. I was fine. Yeah. I was perfectly fine. I hit a little bit of a wall after AJ and Kofi, or AJ and Daniel. Jesus, I'm doing it again. Daniel Bryan and Kofi. But you have a stroke, dude? I wish. Um, they, I'm taking EPO. Uh, Daniel Bryan <laughs> and Kofi Christ. because the, the the feel of that match. They told such a good story and they built up the crescendo perfectly. But uh, again, it was might have been the best live WWE event I've gone to in years. There, the worst match was Batista and Triple H, and it's just because Triple H's entrance was fucking half the Yo, length of the Triple match. H, Always is. Triple H. I want to say something. If you if you listen to one the of your all time favorites, he was your favorite for a Triple long H, time. Triple H, you are one of my all time favorite wrestlers your entrances at wrestlemania are fucking horseshit yeah nobody cares dude they, this one was there's dumb. no the reason Mad Max that you need stupid. to take 10 fucking before, minutes though. to get to the ring no it was an anima- animated thing where it was like the mad max fury road drive uh, this is by far your worst entrance 
I will say that as cool as it was, your Terminator entrance is right behind it. The only cool entrance that you've done in the last 10 years or so. The Daniel the, Bryan one. Was I, the, the Daniel Bryan one when he had the mesh and the, the crown on and he took and Stephanie took it off of him. The first match at WrestleMania 30. It was great. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. Um, he used well, to have really cool entrances. Mm-hmm. Now, um, coming up on the throne and shit. Yeah, well, okay. So, like, I, I just... I, I always had a soft spot for Triple H, always did, because I remember watching live after he tore his quad. His, quad. He tore his quad, and I remember when he came back. Madison he, Square Garden the, Raw. That's one of the biggest... Outside, oh, yeah. Outside of Stone Cold coming out in Texas, that's the biggest pop I've ever heard. The biggest pop I heard this week um, was when Kofi won. I would imagine. Um, and uh, the little Scott Hall, Kevin Nash thing they did backstage with the SNL guys, there was a good pop for that. That's yeah. cool. And, um, what's up with Scott Hall on Twitter? Off and he had a toothpick. Tooth yeah. um, what's had, up with Scott Hall on Twitter? Everything right? is Yo, good. Dude, he's great. I know. Pretty pussy. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I saw so, the screenshots. I saw of what it, he was, I go, yes. I know. I was yeah. like, yes. We so, need to protect Scott Hall at all costs. So, okay. So, I guess since we're on the subject of wrestling, I just want to pony, pony off of this. I saw something very interesting on YouTube. What's that? Did you see at the G1 Supercard? Did you see Big Kaz and Enzo crashed it? They that no, was part of uh, yeah, it's a work. Was it? It's it was work. all it was a work. Signed a ring yeah. of Okay, no. So, so why then, do you who, think security no. let them go? Well, I was just, well because because the stuff Bubba Ray was uh, bullying. They didn't well, tell the other wrestlers because that, 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 that was one hundred percent of work. Like the stuff uh, Bubba Ray was saying to him, he's like, "I fucking took care of you. How I put yeah, you no, in a fucking." They didn't tell the wrestlers. A lot of the wrestlers are pissed about it now. Especially the Briscoes are pissed. You go big fat because Cass looks like a slob. He does, and Enzo's terrible. He's gonna just hurt himself or someone else again. I will say, asshole. I will say the only thing Enzo has going for him, he he's a great talker. He's That's good on about the stick, it. but everything he says is a lie. You listen to his rap. Well, his rap is garbage, and he did an actually a very interesting shoot interview very recently. And that he was, lied about everything. Yes, I know. I'm just like, I, I, I liked hearing it, but I know knowing that 90 percent of it I, is I false. I love shoot interviews. I got you know? through 20 minutes of it because I can't listen to that guy talk. His voice is irritating, and it's all bullshit. He also he, he gives a bad name to people from Jersey dude, because like everyone is, thinks when they see Enzo, they're like he's from Jersey. Everyone uh-huh. else is like yeah. that. Yeah, so that's what annoying. He, what is he really gonna do? He can't fucking come out and say. Uh, <laughs> I am a soda fried G, bona fide. So he can't say it. WWE no. owns that. Well, they have, yeah. they have, the they have a new team name, too. Yeah. Um, no, 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 I remember because he was wearing the shirt that's still certified. Like, yeah, that's look up, what it look up uh, the name of their tag team. Type in Enzo okay. Big Cast new now, name. Now it's, it makes sense because it was terrible. Because it's, it's 2019 and they're putting Z's at the end of it instead of S like the Hardy Boys. Yeah, right. Um, new name. Uh, here we go. Reveal new name. Uh, Ring of Honor Invasion. Uh, let's see. I mean, maybe that. Well, his to, name is now Enzo. 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 Right. Um, it's called. Cass will be known as the free Cat, Cass XL. Looked at as the free agents. Yeah, free agents with a Z. That's so lame. It's like, dude, and like. I just it, it, it was cool that they made it like people actually thought it was real. Well, but look, the second I did. when I watched the video and I, I saw security. Enzo. Cass XL. Oh. Yeah. Free agent Z. And we are always off script, and these shirts are only on sale for a limited amount of time. How much time? Ten days. Ten days. Only ten yeah. days. Enzo still Represent. Up, He's so bad. Step up and get dropped. Ugh. Dude, I'm listen. I know, I, I know it's bad. It's so stupid. But like, dude, the, the just, whole Enzo, how he talks, it honestly cracks me up. He is, he is just, pretty funny. You know, like, so I I could tell instantly it was a work. I watched it, and then I'm like, oh. Their security is just standing there watching this. Yeah. This is all work. The fact that the cameras didn't pan away from it, yeah. it's a it's a work. I did but, love what, that Bubba was I, really just beating the well, shit out of really Briscoe, it. Briscoe yeah. was fucking him up upon because once he realized Enzo was actually hitting him, mm-hmm. he just started throwing bombs. Yeah. It you know, was not a work, was Bret Hart getting mugged the night before. I was the whole thing. Yeah. Fuck that, that guy, dude, first of all. What okay, 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 did you see the guy's Twitter? He's yeah, a legitimate. I did. 
crazy person. Dude, he's out yeah. of his mind. He they asked him in court, why see... did you do this? He goes, it seemed like the right opportunity. Dude, did you <laughs> no see Dash reason. Wilder just fucking dude, clock dude, him? Dude, that, like, literally they walk away. Travis Brown, just... dude. Lame. Travis, dude, he's lucky that he didn't get Davy Boy Smith on him. Davy Boy Smith, Davy Boy would have fucked him up. Would have killed him. He was this close to Braun Strowman running in. Out of all the fan videos, the famous one is from the top where you see him run in and get him. And then you, there's one from the back where you can see him pulling him out where Dash Wilder hits him. What has yeah. Bret Hart and ever you done just to see anyone? Him, dude, yeah. you see in the back, you just see a people. And just a head and shoulders above everyone is Braun just... <laughs> Beelining to this guy. Travis Brown looked pretty good in there. He's yeah, he, he, dude, that was the best ground and pound he had. In, it, it, I was surprised to pound since his wife. <laughs> dude, I, I was surprised he didn't poke him in the eye all the yeah, way up to his dude, knuckle. Dude, Jeez. Speaking of Scott Hall, if you went back and he said pretty pussy and something else, like a couple hours before that, 90s WWE posted a picture of Bret Hart and someone said, Did he put himself over? And Scott Hall replies, He's a cunt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me get to my final word. Uh, One of the biggest problems, the biggest problems plaguing social media amongst fans is the lazy sports take. When you say something that is so obviously not true, like like saying Tom Brady's overrated, it's Belichick. I think it's impossible. I think it's more Belichick than Brady, but Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback and one of the ten best players. Belichick isn't throwing the ball. Yeah, exactly. So it's like saying when people said Peyton Manning was overrated, he retired with every offensive record and he just didn't come up big in the playoffs. That's fine. Um, People want to say Aaron Rodgers is overrated. Rated highest quarterback shut rating up. of all time. Just shut up. The laziest of sports takes is that LeBron James isn't one of the greatest players of yep, all time. Go fuck yourself. And he, he's a top two player okay, ever. I can understand complaining about his um, his antics at times. He is a very sensitive person, which I don't doubt. But one of the things you could say about him is he is one of the great role models in professional sports. Not just the NBA. He's the role model in the NBA. Opened but in professional school. sports, he is a genuinely good person. He's a family man. You knock wood. There's probably some scandal that'll come out about him because they come out about everyone. Um, but it, the biggest problem our generation has, people within two, three years of us, is that he is always compared to Michael Jordan. And our generation takes it as a slight towards Michael Jordan when he's mentioned as one of the greatest of all time. And this, the same thing I, I, my brother was telling me when Michael Jordan was getting hailed as the greatest of all time, the older generation was saying, no, Will Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Magic Johnson. Now, so this has all been going on for a long time. And the, the thing that you, you shouldn't compare LeBron James to Michael Jordan because they are not remotely similar players. It's apples to the, oranges. The closest thing to Michael Jordan since Michael Jordan was Kobe Bryant. They were yep. very similar players. LeBron James could play all five positions. He could defend all five, in his prime, defend all five positions. I, I, I think he, he became a, an incredible shooter from the outside when that was his struggle. He was a bad free throw shooter. Became a great free throw I, shooter. I, I honestly believe if you were to compare LeBron to anyone who's ever played this game, it's Magic Johnson or Oscar Robertson. Or Oscar Robertson. Those are the two. Yeah, because he big play, guys he, that can that can because Magic was able to they would put Magic at center on defense sometime, and you could do that with LeBron. Dude, he started at center in the NBA Finals so, as a rookie. I, I don't want to compare my, uh, LeBron James to Kobe Bryant because Kobe Bryant didn't elevate the players around him. Mm-hmm. LeBron James has elevated besides this year in the Lakers, which is not his fault. Nope. It, literally, the Lakers and, are and people fire. are trying to blame him for Magic Johnson quitting because he wasn't allowed to tweet to congratulate players. Yeah. Adrian Wojnarowski, who is the best sports insider in all the big leagues, said that Magic was an absentee executive. When Magic was the one that got him to come to the Lakers, of course LeBron is pissed off. He signs, instead of signing outside shooters, which is LeBron's game now, he gets the ball, he facilitates. He decides who's on the outside perimeter who could shoot. You bring in uh, Rajon Rondo, 
You bring in uh, Lance, Lance Stevenson. Stevenson. Mm-hmm. You bring in uh, fucking Lonzo Ball, who is a great. Say what you will, but he's a great defensive player. Yeah, a fantastic defensive player and a good facilitator. Can't score all but that he well. can't shoot. Yeah. And you wonder why they struggle. It's it's absolutely absurd. So the, uh, the, I'm, the one that's I'm the, tired. <laughs> hey, how you doing? I'm tired of the the laziness that people have with these kind of things because there's so many other things you could say out here. You could say James Harden is more overrated than LeBron James. Absolutely. Russell Westbrook, who I like, is more overrated than LeBron James. Agreed. Kevin Durant is more overrated uh, uh, than LeBron James. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you on Russell Westbrook because someone who averages a triple-double a season can't but be But here's overrated. the thing, and I don't watch every Thunder game. I, Listen, some players I don't either. I'm far removed from Insider, the NBA. People that are follow the NBA say that his teammates make sure he gets triple-doubles and let him get easy rebounds and yeah. blow out games. Their, their average, uh, like... Uh, Point disparity and wins and losses is so dramatic that you can just let him get the stats. He's still a great player, mm-hmm. but LeBron James going to win a championship. No, he's not going to win a championship. No. LeBron James is anything but overrated. Is he the greatest player of all time? No, but that's not a slight. Well, how I, is that a slight? Yes, he shouldn't say he's the greatest of all time. That's that's silly to do when you're in. You're still playing. But the lazy sports takes are one of the most annoying things ever. People tell me I'm being lazy by saying Bryce Harper's overrated. Look at that motherfucker's numbers and tell me where in the world he is a top five and arguably even top ten player. You could still be overrated and a great player. He is a very good player. He's a great player at times. But great players don't consistently bat under 260 in baseball. And that's what he does. And he walks a lot. But he only has one 100 RBI season. I know he has another 99 RBI season. But the difference between on your stat line between 99 RBIs and 100 RBIs is different. It's, there's a, it's a plateau. You don't get a plateau like, oh, he had a 100 RBI season, 499. It just does not work that way. Yeah. And so you can be overrated and great at the same time. LeBron James is just great. He's not overrated. He... he, he it's the wrong person to get on because our generation is so defensive of Michael Jordan, who I love. I grew up with Michael Jordan. We all did. And there's more scumbag things you could say about Michael Jordan than you could say about LeBron James. Absolutely. He had to leave basketball. This is a conspiracy theory, I believe, 100% because of his gambling problem. He was going to get Pete Rose Makes if sense. he didn't go play baseball. His gambling addiction and his debts got his father murdered. Mm-hmm. And no one ever wants to bring this up because saying anything negative about Michael Jordan, which there aren't many negative things you can say, is a slight. But let's look at the let's truth. See. When LeBron James left the Cavs, what happened to him Everyone the first time? Him. No, what happened to the team, the Cavs? Oh, they, they, they suck. collapsed. What happened when he left the Heat and went back to the Cavs? What happened to the Heat? It, they, took, it took him a while to get back. They yeah. sucked. They didn't make the playoffs. Yep. Okay. What happened when he just left the Cavs again? Cavs are going to stink. The Cavs stuck. More than likely okay. going to get at the number one. What happened when Michael Jordan left the Bulls to play baseball? Nothing. They made the playoffs yeah. with Scottie Pippen. Mm-hmm. And people want the, the people would say, well, LeBron had to surround himself with great players. Who hasn't? Michael Jordan had Scottie Pippen, a top 50 player of all time. Dennis, Dennis Rodman, Rodman, a top five defensive player of all time. Tony Kukoc, one of the great six men of all time. One of the great outside shooters. Steve Kerr, one of the great six men of all time. Phil Jackson, the greatest basketball coach of all time. And LeBron James is the only player that needed to band together. If Sc- a player like Scottie Pippen went to LeBron James today, people would say, oh, super team, super yeah. team. The Bulls were a fucking super team. Mm-hmm. And yes, Michael Jordan was a huge part of it. But he, he didn't necessarily... LeBron James elevates everyone around him. He did not this year. Admittedly, he got hurt for the first time. He is aging. He's not the same player. But his entire career, he's one of these guys that makes bad players good, good players great, and great players all stars. Okay, yeah. gr- okay, good players great. Name in point or case in point, Kyrie Irving. Ky- good, very good player. Yeah. LeBron gets there, he gets he, paid. And, and then he goes to Boston. and He says, "I can't be a leader." He realized that he shouldn't have forced his way out of Boston. Nope. And it, you know, it's he he and I, I appreciate that LeBron apparently told all his teammates of the Lakers like I thought they were going to trade you guys. 
It's his team. Michael Jordan could get guys off the team if he wanted to. He fucked with his teammates like crazy. Why does it have to be one or the other? I just think it's very disingenuous to say who's the best, who's not. Because you have so many different eras of basketball. It's a completely where, different where there's era at basketball. least there, There's a handful of players that are clearly the best at their position. The athletes so, are also significantly better now than they right. were in Jordan's era. You had guys that had part-time jobs in the offseason well, when Jordan I mean, was playing. Well, White I'm, guys with no athleticism. Well, you're looking at a lot of different players that can be considered the greatest of all time. There's always going to be an argument that it's going to be Michael Jordan, it's going to be LeBron, or it's going to be Magic, Kareem, Bill Russell, Will, Oscar Robinson, Will Jerry Chamberlain, West. Larry Bird, Shaq. Shaq. There's so many different players that you could have the conversation with that you're never going to get a yeah. consensus number Bill one Russell, overall. Bill Russell, Bill Russell won 11 won championships. He won championship at every level, from high school to college. It's, I think it's, Why do you think every year they give the finals MVP trophy, and he's the one who presents it Yep. every single year? I, I just think the laziness that you have to dislike one of them, to me, is just so absurd. When like, it, listen, it's clear that LeBron is the best player of our generation, arguably the greatest to sure. ever do it. But you got to look, he's a philanthropist. He's opened up schools. He's given back to Akron. He's give, He brought life back to Cleveland. Up until then, Cleveland he, was back dead with they, snow. When they pulled up the, mo- the amount of money that he generated for this uh, city of Cleveland when he was playing there. It's, it's the same thing when people shit on J.J. White and he raised $35 million for Houston yeah. relief. Shut up, and I just, dude. I, I, They're more than just the athlete on the field. Anyone ever calling LeBron James overrated, you should just instantly disregard their opinion on anything sports related because they're either A, being defensive of Michael Jordan, or B, they don't know what they're be, watching and it's just easy to dude, do because it's not Jordan. And be defensive of Michael Jordan. You have every right to. There's no problem with that. But don't, again, it's apples to oranges. It's a different game in a different era with different, different players. And different style of players. They're not remotely similar. Did anyone ever compare Shaq and Michael Jordan? No, no. no. The, the, the listen, same kind the, of fucking player. Honestly, the only comparison you can make in the NBA that holds some weight is Ray Allen to Steph Curry. That's sure. it. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's because, totally fair. Because they both did the same the thing. They shoot shooters. three points. Yeah, exactly. That's it. All right. That's it for us today. That was episode 48 of You Watch, I Listen. Um, we will see you guys next week. So, yeah. Wait, are you still going? I'll say Mark Coleman actually just messaged me. What did he say? He goes, thank you, Taylor. I appreciate that a lot. Um, have a great day, my friend. Killer. Is, do you think he's taking a shit right now? Probably, but he, <laughs> he gave me the hammer emoji, so the hammer That's gave me awesome. the hammer emoji. All right, guys. Uh, thank you again, Lobo Sound. Shots for likes. Uh, we'll shout out Mark Coleman. Shout out Mark Coleman. Uh, shout out to Brand for setting up those calls And again. shout out Pex Metal Picks and, for standing up what's right in our scene. And shout out to uh, Mets and Mariners. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>